The following program is an MLWRadio.com production. Today's episode of What Happened When Monday is brought to you by our friends at FullBrickHouse.com. If you're ready to own a house for only $500 down, FullBrickHouse.com is the place for you. They'll even help you cover your moving costs. It sounds too good to be true, but now you can own a full brick house, a brand new home, for less than what you're paying in current rent. And maybe even better than that, credit scores in the 500s can be approved. And as always, with a new home, of course, you're getting a bumper-to-bumper warranty. If something goes wrong, you're covered. And if you're worried about your lease, FullBrickHouse.com can even help you buy out your current lease. And of course, the very best thing about FullBrickHouse.com is you're going to be in a brand new home. New is just better. Not only do you get a warranty, you get to pick everything out. You can make this dream a reality and own your very own full brick house for only $500 down, even with less than perfect credit at fullbrickhouse.com. And now a look back into the archives of what happened when with Tony Schiavone, episode 19, Slambury 2000. Eric Bischoff earlier in the day had brought everybody out and was showing them the place on the ramp that is going to be gimmicked where Chris Canyon was going to fall and do the big bump that night. If you look at the ramp, there's a kind of a, a couple pieces of tape there that shows this is where he's going to fall. Bischoff said, do not take any bumps here. Do not throw any of your opponents here because you'll throw them through and you'll screw up the finish of our main event. Stay away from it. He was serious. So at 38 minutes into the show, I don't know how far into the match, Kurt Hennig and Sean Stasiak go outside. And Hennig, being the great river that he always was, if anybody knows stories about it, Kurt Hennig, he was one of the greatest of all time, he picks up Stasiak to throw him on that spot. <laughs> and he picks him up, and then his back gives out, and he puts him back down. That was Kurt <laughs> Hennig fucking with Eric Bischoff because of that meeting earlier in the day. This look back from episode 19, Slambury 2000, and much, much more is available in the archives of What Happened When Mondays with Tony Schiavone. Welcome to WHW Monday, Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA, and Jim Crockett Promotions. And now, let's go to the ring, and here's your co-host, hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When, here on the MLW Radio Network, and the man you're really here to see, Mr. Tony Schiavone. Tony. What's going on, man? Hey, Conrad, what's going on, buddy? You know, uh, I'd like to say hello uh, to everybody who came out to uh, MLW One Shot. Had a great time in Orlando last week as we're taping this. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Court Bauer and the gang, uh, MSL, all good guys. And got to see Ricochet wrestle for the first time. How about that? Well, what would you think, man? One of the indie darlings right now. Yeah. A lot of people say he's got a big future in the business. No question he does. Big future in the business. Uh, and Sammy Callahan, uh, MVP. I know there'll be some guys that, that I'll, I'll not remember. But I did know that uh, Tamatonga is the son of Ming Haku, one of his sons. And I went to talk to him about working with his dad and how much I admired his dad. So I got a chance to spend some time with him. And I told him the story. And I, I think I may have told this here about when we were in Orlando years and years ago. And uh, I always call him Ming. We were walking from our rental cars 
to the studios in Orlando, Universal Studios. And Ming says, Tony, I need to talk to you because I know you have a lot of boys. I said, yeah, I got four. He said, yeah, I've got boys too. How do you make them listen to you? How do you make them behave and mind? And I stopped. And I said, remind them you're fucking Ming. That you can rip your, their teeth out of their fucking head. <laughs> I, said, I said, so my God. And so I told him that story and he just smiled and, and laughed. Uh, but I, I can imagine that four boys running over Tony Schiavone, but four boys or three boys running over Ming? No. No. It just goes to show you there's uh, there's two sides to everybody. Yes, there's there the is. the work version and right. the home version. Right. And I'm glad that the work version of Tony Schiavone, the wrestling announcer, got to uh, show off what he was capable of this week. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. Uh, I worked with uh, Rich Bocchini, a uh, rich, great kid and a good announcer. We, I thought we, uh, at, at first, I thought I was a little rusty, and we kind of flowed into it, though, and by the time we got to Ricochet and... Uh, Strickland, it was good. They're both great kids. They really are. And I, I got to see Tessa, too, who is uh, dating uh, Ricochet. Tessa Blanchard, Tessa the daughter Blanchard. of Tully Blanchard. Exactly. Horseman. And we got to spend a little time together because I've known her, and she's so sweet. And uh, saw Larry Zabisco, the living legend, Larry Zabisco. And I noticed he had one of those shitty shirts on that he always wears. And he came, uh, and he does some work for the WWE in the Performance Center and trained, he trained uh, I guess, uh, one of the girls, Samantha Garrett. If I got that right? Uh, I'm sorry if I did. He trained her. Scott Hall trained her. Uh, and so, yeah, some you know, look, I, I realized that professional wrestling, and fans need to realize this, is much more than watching the WWE. Right. Much more. And fans really should spend the time, if they have a local promotion in their city or in their area, go out and watch these kids perform because, Conrad, these kids bust their ass. They really, really do, and they love the business. They appreciate it like you and I do. And, and so, you know, there's a, there's a common thread there. When I go out and see these kids wrestle, they feel the same way about the business that I do. Now, the business has changed from what I remember. Uh, with a lot more high spots and things, but it's still the business. Well, check it out if you haven't already. It's MLW One Shot. Uh, it's going to be available on video on demand at MLW.tv. And uh, from what I understand, they're going to have another event that's going to be taped in December. Stay tuned for that. It's called Never Say Never. Right. Court Bauer is back in the promotion business. So we'll see how this goes, man. I know you had a good time, and I hope everybody gets an opportunity to hear you call wrestling maybe for the last time ever, right? Yeah. I uh, Listen, uh, Court and I talked about uh, coming back for uh, MLW Never Say Never. I, I, I really think I'm done. I really do. I... It's not that I didn't enjoy myself. I did, but I've just got too much going on. I, I do. I got basketball season coming up and working with you on this podcast and well, never say never. Okay. So here's what we're going to do now, though. We're going to do something a little fun this week. We talked about it last week and here we are. We're going to watch ready to rumble with you. Oh. Uh, if you haven't already go find this movie right now, of course, Every now and again, you'll find a bargain on a DVD, but I actually found it on iTunes. I found it on direct TV on demand. I've been told it's in a lot of other, um, online services as well. So we're going to encourage you to watch the movie along with us. We're going to press play and, uh, we're going to of course talk about some of the 
things happening in the movie, some of the behind the scenes, some stories about WCW. So it's probably not absolutely necessary that you watch the movie, but it really will add a lot to your enjoyment. And I think people really enjoy hearing you call the old matches and, and kind of watching along with us. We've gotten some of our best download numbers from when we did this for Nitro and old pay-per-views. Yeah, and I'd also like to say, as a shoot, that if you rent the movie or if you download it, uh, I do have to say that SAG really comes through. I get a check every year still from this movie. Really? Yes, I do. Every first of the year I get a check, and the checks have been with the last five to ten years have been about two to three hundred dollars a year but that's two to three hundred dollars a year you don't expect right so they do a great job of taking care of the people in sag let me just mention this it's two or three hundred dollars more than you got for 30 years worth of wrestling available on the wwe network you damn straight it is you damn straight not throwing shade just saying yeah one shitty movie that didn't even make its budget you're still getting paid exactly countless starcades bupkis that's right yeah so the, the sag people know how to take care of their people I never was much of a, a favor of a union. You know, I'm not a union type guy, but SAG knows what it's doing. It takes care of their union members. I had to join SAG to be able to be in the movie. Uh, I'm still a member of SAG. You are a member of Screen Actors Guild. Yes, but I'm, I'm not a, uh, an, what they call an active member. So I can't get the, uh, the benefits like health care and all that. You have to work so many movies or so many uh, projects during the course of the year and i've only worked one but once you're a member of sag you're always a member of sag because you'll always get paid so it goes to show me that guys who are in a lot of movies you know they're doing okay <laughs> they don't have to do much i mean i i had a small ass part in this thing and i get 200 bucks a year and it, it'll list out it'll say hbo downloads it'll say amazon oh you get a real breakdown oh yeah absolutely. oh wow yeah well, let's go ahead and get started. The movie runs uh, an hour and 40 minutes or so. Um, so we're going to encourage you to press play in just a second. I'm going to give you just a minute so you can find it as you're trying to stream this. And I want to tell you that we do have a poll that's up right now. It's on Twitter, at WHW Monday. It's probably our strongest poll ever, or certainly one of them. Uh, we'll tell you exactly what it is at the end of the show. Today's What Happened When, brought to you by WWE 2K18, the biggest video game franchise in WWE history. Hey, that's my line. It's back with WWE 2K18, featuring cover superstar Seth Rollins. WWE 2K18 promises to bring you closer to the ring than ever before, hard-hitting action, excitement, new game modes, deep creation capabilities, everything you've come to love from WWE 2K. Pre-order the Deluxe Edition to play four days early and get two playable versions of WWE Hall of Famer and current Raw General Manager Kurt Angle. Along with the WWE 218 Season Pass, the Senna Nuff Edition digital content, and more. Also be sure to check out the official WWE 2K18 in-game soundtrack personally curated by executive producer Dwayne The Rock Johnson, available now on Apple Music. To learn more about WWE 2K18, head on over to WWE.2K.com and pre-order today. Be like no one. Hollywood has been busted wide open on Squared Circle Cinema, the podcast that reviews films featuring professional wrestlers. Every Monday, your hosts Big Tobacco and The Muffler discuss triumphant performances by wrestling's biggest superstars. From Rowdy Roddy Piper's Tour de Force performance and John Carpenter's classic, They Live, to 
Kevin Nash's underrated scene-stealing performance in Magic Mike XXL and The Longest Yard. Big Tobacco and the Muffler also take a suicide dive into the dark recesses of truly awful films like Santa with Muscles starring Hulk Hogan, we'll never forget that one, or The Condemned 2 starring Randy Orton, The Viper. In addition to film, your hosts chat about the small screen in their two-part episode covering Netflix's Glow. Each episode also features discussion on the latest wrestling news, riffs on pop culture, and relentless ball busting which, as you know, we're also pretty good at that here. The next episode of Squared Circle Cinema covers Baywatch, starring The Rock, and that drops Monday, October 16th. Rate, review, and subscribe to Squared Circle Cinema on iTunes and visit them at squaredcirclecinema.com. Are you ready, Tony? I'm ready to rumble. Well, ah, okay. I like the pun. Thank Let's you very much. It. So we're going to press play now. Uh, catch me up, Tony. When do you remember filming this? Uh, we filmed this in October of 1999. The reason I remember this is because the Braves were playing the Yankees in the World Series that year. The Yankees swept the World Series. So that I remember. It was in October of 1999. And we spent almost a whole month in L.A. to do this thing. A whole month. So we've got a lot of uh, interesting photos from wrestling here. Do you know who would have helped put all these photos together? There's Bobby Heenan getting some color. Yeah, you know, I think who would have helped put these photos together would have probably been Bill Apter and Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Some of their photos. Uh, there's Goldberg and there's Sting and they... That's a pretty good shot. Johnny Valentine. That's an old school shot right there. That sure is with uh, an armbar on. Haystacks Calhoun... Uh, and his ass. He may and, be a long lost relative of mine. <laughs> Harry Armpit. Uh, and of course, there's Bruno San Martino, Luz Thez, and of course, Andre and Dick Slater and Dick the Bruiser. I found it interesting as he, he's naming off all the different wrestlers here. He doesn't name Ric Flair. I mean, he names Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan. Right. And, you know, some of these other greats, Bruno San Martino and such. But he skips Ric Flair, who's still with the company at the time. Didn't that seem a little odd to you? The whole thing seemed odd to me that Ric Flair was not at least some sort of run-in in this. Uh, we opened up the scene in front of a convenience store in Lusk. Uh, where was this? Lusk? Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming. Okay, absolutely. So they wanted to... Here's, here's, it was my problem with the entire movie. Uh, first of all, Scott Kahn talking to the kids. I thought he played a real good dumbass here. But this is how they tried to portray every wrestling fan. As an idiot. As an idiot. And uh, the most remote, unheard of, obscure place that no one would want to live. Lusk, Wyoming. Well, you know, I've always thought that the Wyoming stuff here was a rib on Eric Bischoff. I mean, at one point in the movie, we see... Uh, Nitro Girl Sasha, I believe. Right. Or maybe it's not Sasha. One of the Nitro Girls says that she is from Cody, Wyoming, which is where Eric Bischoff lives. Sasha so said that, right. It feels a little bit like a rib. We should mention here that they're talking about a fictional character. I mean, of course, talking about wrestling, it's all fictional. I understand that. Jimmy King. Uh, this Jimmy King character is going to be taking on Diamond Dallas Page at an, at an upcoming show. And, of course, our main two characters here, um, Gordy and Sean, are trying to go to that Nitro. 
or whatever that match is. Maybe it's not a nitro. Yeah. Catch me up on Jimmy King. Is this loosely based on Jerry the King Lawler? No, no, I don't think so. Maybe they came out with the name, but I don't think it's loosely based on it. Well, it just feels all. like, you know, they try to portray him as um, Southern or hillbilly or redneck or whatever. Yeah. And of course, Jerry the King Lawler is from Tennessee, and right. I'm not saying he's any of those things, but I'm saying a lot of Hollywood types or New Yorker types you know, do have a certain opinion of Southerners or people from Tennessee. And you, you look at even the name King, but also he's not the most athletic looking guy on the roster. You know, he's not a bodybuilder like some of the others. Neither was Jerry Lawler and just the spelling of the name, Jimmy, it's awfully close to Jerry. Yeah. I, I, I take it more as just a, a rip off on Southerners and wrestling fans being dumbass. Now this opening scene, uh, I, I thought was pretty cool. Because I got the Macho Man coming in. How big is Macho Man right here? Wow, he is enlarged. Uh, this and, is an intense individual. Yes, it is, and it, it was just a good scene the way they did everything, and and here comes the King. Hypothetically, how much was Macho Man spending on hair dye at that point? You think? <laughs> wow, <laughs> and beard dye too. Uh, well, where was this shot? This was all shot in. Uh... This was all shot in Los Angeles. It was kind of a cool effect the way, you know, they have the floor here acting as a wrestling ring. So it's kind of moving with you. Right. And you can see a seam, but still, it's very well done. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's, I, I like the opening scene. As a matter of, whoa. There's Che doing her thing. You're not kidding. And, and Fire and who else is on? Oh, and uh, that's Charmel, isn't it? No, nah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that, isn't that the Booker T's wife? Well, but they just showed her at a glance. I couldn't Okay, tell. yeah, I think it is. So now, here we go to the scene. This kind of this scene kind of grossed me out, okay? Oh, this grossed you out? Yeah. This is a Kurt Henning move right here. What, to stick his finger down these assholes? Absolutely. And you make know, him smell his shitty finger? I think we've told the rib on here before where Kurt stuck his finger up his own ass on an airplane. Okay. Do you remember that? I've never heard that story. And he stuck his duty finger uh-huh. on the guy next to him, the rim of his glass, okay. because that guy would not stop bothering him and just let him go to sleep. Okay. So eventually, the guy <laughs> takes a sip uh-huh. and then tries to send it back to the stewardess and says, my drink tastes like shit. Okay, well. This drink, make me another one. This drink tastes like shit. And it's it's reminiscent of this exact same scene. It, that Kurt Henning may have been one of the, the script writers inspiration, yeah. Yeah, so it's just... So have you ever considered sticking your finger no, up your own ass to get that, a refund? No. It, what, what, what makes this whole fucking thing stupid is the, the guy should have said, Fuck! I'm not going to give you something a new drink. You stuck your finger in your ass, man. Well, how would you know that? I mean, how would you know? I mean, who would think that that's what okay. you do? Who knows? Do you think Courtney Cox, having I don't know, nine hundred million dollars for making friends at this point, is she really proud that her husband's in a movie <laughs> sticking his finger up his ass? I'm thinking she's just <laughs> proud that her husband's working. I'm just busting balls. So he, <laughs> okay. did a, he did a great job in this movie. Look, I, l- let me tell you something. I got to know David Arquette and uh, Oliver Platt. David Arquette, especially very well. Big fan. Huge fan. Super fan. nice guy, too. S- yeah, super nice guy. And, of course, he went on to become Wait, the hang world. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. we got to talk about this. Okay. So the cop here is grabbing Scott Kahn's nuts. Yeah. And he says, what is this? And he says, my nuts. And he says, wouldn't you rather be back here? And he said, you want me to grab your nuts? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's his dad. Give me some thoughts here. Okay. I mean, this seems like this would be right up your alley, right? Well, no, I don't know. Spreading the legs or coupling well, grab, grab another nuts. another man's okay. testicles. Well, uh, yeah. Well, what makes this kind of weird is that that was his dad grabbing his son's nuts. Well, no, that wasn't. Uh, he's not Scott Kahn's dad. He's oh. David Arquette's dad. Okay. Okay. Wrestling's fake. Yeah. So he finds the magazine <laughs> and, and Arquette is fired up yeah. screaming wrestling's not fake. Yeah. Um, I do find it interesting that the wrestling magazine is such a big part of this movie because for a lot of us, especially my age, wrestling magazines, the after mags and whatnot were such a big part oh. of our fandom. It was, and, and that's kind of ties into the open that we saw with the the still pictures. Absolutely, and, yeah. and you saw a minute ago Jimmy King on the cover with the WCW World Title, the old big gold belt. Um, I guess that was photoshopped or something because the belt they're gonna you're gonna see in a little bit is not the same belt uh, that WCW would use. Yeah. Um, so here we're seeing, you know, the guys. Riding around, in the get shit excited truck. about Nitro, but mm-hmm. at the same time, they're upset that Arquette's dad really wants him uh, <laughs> to go take his test to be a cop like right. he is and his mom is, his sister is. The whole family is doing this, and he needs to take the, the cop exam because his dad doesn't consider this a real job. Um, but they portray them to be, what, what title would you give this? Uh, losers? Well... That's not exactly fair that they're losers. They work cleaning out porta potties and such. I right. guess sanitation is that the so, okay. Term? Oh, I see what you're saying. I have a take on this. I worked. Uh, one of my summer jobs was driving one of these trucks, one of these shit trucks. You drove a Duda truck. Yes, I did. And D- Duda Express. Uh, and we, we would go to septic tanks, not porta potties, but septic tanks in the country. In the country, and as as. <laughs> As you may have seen, as they're driving, they've got shit down over the uh, over the windshield, right? The top of the windshield. I like these guys here. They say, hey, shit, boys, how's the shit work? <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, they're trying to ridicule these guys and, and emasculate them a little bit. Well, they're trying to ridicule them for being wrestling fans, you see. Not necessarily that they were shitty, but they're being wrestling fans. So what I remember about driving a shit truck is that when it would get full, sometimes you hit the brakes and it would go right over the windshield. And you got so used to it that you actually would eat your lunch around the shit like they do. And you're going to see them eat sandwiches and have a lunch as they're standing on the back of the truck, okay, and uh, the shit coming out. And I remember thinking, ooh, I wouldn't do that. But then again, I remembered I used to do that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Okay. So what you're telling me is mm-hmm. this movie is loosely based on your life. Well, there's something about this that, you know, that, that absolutely is. I was a gigantic wrestling fan. Did you ever try to suck your buddy's butthole out? <laughs> no, no, I never did. I never did. But would this work hypothetically? Hypothetically, yeah. I mean, because th- those things got pretty good suction on them because they've got to suck up water and turds and. I mean, that would and, probably suck your huh? intestines out, would it not? It, it would suck your asshole out. It'd flip your asshole up against. Have your you nuts. ever had your asshole sucked out? Like no, that? I have not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't seem like it'd be pleasant at all. Yeah. Then he says, I'm sorry, man. I couldn't help it. I'm just another dumbass, and I'm going to make... And then, of course, now here they're going to get into <laughs> into some wrestling moves, which I thought were very cool. You know, the, he's going to... Some tr- shenanigans, but then he eventually does like a real suplex. Right. Exactly. Which is kind of fun. And here it comes. And from what I understand, 
uh, David Arquette's stuntman was Hurricane Helms. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, it was. So easy takeout burger. Yeah. Uh, but th- they sell tacos too. Yes, with and cheese all over. It feels like this was written by you because David Arquette is really trying to help Scott Kahn get with Brittany, the right. blonde lady here. Right. Uh, and he's using all the smooth stuff. The Britney bare ass buffet. Yeah, he wants Britney's taco with cheese all over it. Right. Things like that. Yeah, there's a guy on one of our broadcast teams who's kind of like this kind of, as far as as women are concerned, he's kind of, you know, shy, and and we always try to help him out, and so I can see this. And uh, so you ever try to pick up chicks when, you, when you're driving the doo doo truck? No, I never did. Shout out to Jeff Jewett, uh, hardcore listener of ours, great friend. I think he has a couple of doo doo trucks. Really. Yeah, I think he's in the doo-doo trucking business. Right, you know what? There's there's a, there, there's a need for that because everybody doo-doos. They do. <laughs> so, you know, so I the, feel like we're going to have a fucking shirt saying that says everybody doo-doos. <laughs> so that, I mean, it, it's true. They do. And Brittany's pretty cute here. And uh, and then again. Uh, Hypothetically speaking, yeah. um, you know, I like to say to people, and this is inspired by my great friend Cassie Kidd. He tells people, take a poop with your pants on. Yeah. Um, That's not good for the doo-doo business. You ever take a shit in your own pants? Uh, yeah. Wait till you get my age, and you will too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said that very easily. It's hypothetically, have you ever shit on the floor in your house? Uh, yeah. Really? Why am I telling you this stuff? I don't know. It's well, I'm telling you this stuff because I like to be honest. Yes, I did shit on right, the Speaking floor of that. shit, now they're eating their okay. sandwiches. And, and with uh, the shit coming down, which is something that I would have done back in the day because you get used to it. Okay? And of course, not only they eat shit, they got to have shit all over their mouth like they're two fucking dumbasses. Okay? So what, again, they're doing, they're trying to portray wrestling fans as being, look. Now what? look at this. This is a little ridiculous. Yes. You see Scott Kahn show off his homemade bracelet. Yeah. That says WWKD. And yeah. our cat thinks it says wicked. Yes. But he's told, no, no, it stands for something. Yeah. It stands for what would King do? And right. this is around the same time that what would Jesus do really blew up. This feels a little blasphemous. No, I, I don't think it feels blasphemous. I think what they're doing again is here. And you see David Arquette with food all over his mouth. They're they're trying to as well as they can portray these guys as really fucking dumbasses. Okay, only wrestling fans would be this fucking dumb. And he says when he gives him, you know, he's like, "That's cool," but he's kind of jealous because Arquette doesn't have his own bracelet. They give him, he gives him a bracelet. Says he made another one, and he says that rocks hard, man. I think that could be our jam. Now I love this old lady. Yes, she says Jimmy King is gonna bitch slap Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page. I did not see that coming. Uh, and then when they announce they're going to the show, she says she wants a really tight T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's just been around. What would shit. Klondike have thought about her? I feel oh. like he'd have been all in on that. Oh, my God. Klondike says, I'll get you a tight T-shirt, baby. This might be loosely based on Klondike because he would have loved driving a shit truck, eating a sandwich next to the dripping turds. Yes, he would have. Getting grandma whatever she needed. Yeah. Mm. So uh, we see... Um, I don't know. Super Trooper rejects here. These the family, yeah, hilariously wearing glasses and their hats yeah. and their guns at the dinner table. How would you describe this scene? Uh, real fucking stupid. Pulling the gun on his kid. Pulling the gun on his kid. Sort okay. of slapstick. Yeah, slapstick, but you know, really stupid. And now we get to some action. All this was shot at the old Olympic Auditorium or Olympic Arena. Really? Oh yeah. 
uh, in uh, in L.A., which they have kind of turned by that time and maybe moving forward now, they had turned into uh, a place where they shoot a lot of boxing movies and things like that. You know, the the uh, fight scenes or the wrestling scenes for um, Man on the Moon were shot here as well. A great, I didn't know that. Yeah. A great conversation here between the two characters about how the seats suck, but his uncle who lost the nut in Nam um got him the got him the seats and yeah. he says something like he lost his right knot yeah and arquette says well when you get home kick him in his left knot for these yeah. terrible seats and he makes a great point if you only have one nut do you still call it your left nut like yeah I, it would I, just be at that point there is no left or right it's just the nut right okay all right now they're going nitro girls and i don't know about you sasha they love sasha uh, and that is uh, Rose McGowan. Rose McGowan. She doesn't do anything for me at all. Well, here's what I found interesting. They Nothing. put over Che so hard here. They mentioned Che here. There's multiple shots of her in the movie and then several mentions. All right, here we go. We're met with our very first mm-hmm. uh, experience to see the evil character on the show. Mm-hmm. And this is loosely based on Eric Bischoff, right? I guess it's loosely based on Eric Bischoff. Uh, this is Joey Pants, who's who's been in millions of movies, not millions, but also was in The Sopranos. And Joey Pantoliano was really a big character in that. And these are one of the, I mean, Joey Pantoliano being in this movie uh, for me, and of course, Martin Landau being in the movie, really gave it the smack of, you know, and David Arquette, Oliver Platt, you know, gave it a smack of, you know, really top rung, top tier, and, uh, actors and actresses being involved in this so the character titus sinclair yes. he's the evil heel general manager yeah character so, the so authority figure you've read that he was based loosely on eric he's bischoff. based on eric bischoff who was originally planned to star in this movie as a fictionalized version of himself but he was fired from wcw before filming ever began okay and they still keep some of that because you see you know, him wearing sort of the Western-themed wear. Right. The, and, and, and there's several references to Cody Wyoming and Lots Wyoming. This has got Eric Bischoff ribs all over it. Yes, yeah, I guess it does. And uh, they just took a shot of Behold the King. They just took a shot of me and Mike Tanay working together. Uh, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun doing this at times, but it was tedious and monotonous, too. Because we would have to go out, and every time they would take shots in the ring, Mike and I would have to sit in our position and just wait, just in case they needed us for continuity. Uh, so uh, this, at, at many times, uh, was a very monotonous shoot. And I can understand, uh, I can understand how uh, people who work in movies uh, have to sit around and do a little bit of nothing a lot. There we go. And I was... I've still got that green shirt. Look at the table on the left side of the ring. Yeah. Uh, There's a table, a folding table on the outside of the ring. Uh, There's a little bit of a a blooper in here in a minute. Okay. That that I noticed uh, watching this. Now, of course, we see Jimmy King here cutting a promo. All of his action stuff, his stuntman was Chris Canyon. Do I have that right? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. How was Oliver Platt to work with? Oliver Platt, great kid. Great. Well, he's a grown man, but a great guy. And and now he's going to start to, he's going to start to fucking rap. 
And I'm thinking, oh, God. And he says he's going to make Diamond Dallas Page his medieval puppy dog bitch (laughs) tonight. Getting a little edgy. Yeah. And they really want him to sing this Run DMC. Do you want to do this? No. Suckers MC, to burn my kingdom, you must first use fire. I don't stop rocking till I retire. I love that shit. Motherfucker. Did he say motherfucker? Was that just me? Uh, He didn't say I love that shit either. Okay, he didn't either. Okay. Diamond Dallas is pretty good in this role. He he played a hell of a heel. He does. In this whole... And look, uh, let's make the fans look... Oh, man. As stupid as we can. Look at old Tony Schiavone. I'm so fucking skinny. How cool was it when you got to take your family to see their dad and their husband on the big screen in a movie theater? It it was cool. It... You know what was cooler to my kids? Had me as a character in a, in a wrestling video game. That was cooler to my kids. But I got to take Lois to the premiere of this at uh, Man's uh, Chinese Theater, and we got to walk the red carpet together. How fucking cool is that? And that was cool. Is that one of the highlights of the wrestling business for Lois? Oh, yeah, it was. It was. I even think I got lucky that night in L.A. Oh, wow. Which Rare may have been occasion. The, it was a long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> which may have been the last time I got lucky. I love it. Okay. So DDP is kind of razzing him here about showing up late um, because he was nowhere to be found earlier backstage. Right. And he kind of feels like maybe he's feeling himself. And the storyline here is Jimmy King has never lost. Um, he's undefeated in the history of his wrestling career for like 14 years now. And they told DDP, the evil Bischoff character, Macintosh, um, told him, hey, tonight's your night. Right. So we're going to see DDP start to kind of go off script and take some liberties here. And um, it might be the end of Jimmy King. Charles Robinson, one of the nicest guys in wrestling. Wouldn't you agree? One of the nicest guys in wrestling, one of the hardest workers. And How tickled was he to be in a movie? This feels oh, like something he would have been beside himself. About. Absolutely would have been. Uh, you know, there's uh, there was a lot of, you know, I'm going to be in a movie. Now watch this scene. Yep. I saw them shoot this scene. They shot this scene with uh, Jimmy Pantoliano nodding, nodding, like, you know, the fix is in, nod, nod. They shot that scene like 16 times. Go ahead. Nod. All right, got to take. Okay, do it again. Three, two, one. Nod. And I'm standing there watching and thinking, Jesus Christ, we're doing a lot of fucking nodding. Uh, and this is where they turn on Jimmy the King, because now it becomes a shoot, you see. It, it becomes, uh, uh, yeah, the that- terminology that we would use, it's a shoot. And now the two goofballs in the, re- uh, in the stands realize the shit's on here. So now it becomes a shoot. They start- See the table? The table's blank. Yes. Nothing on the table. Right. That was continuity. They fucked that up. Uh, watch, watch the slingshot here. Yeah. Look at the table. Yeah. So it's interesting. In one shot, there's nothing on the table. In the next shot, there's stuff just littered everywhere. Right. Um, empty cups, stickers, stuff uh-huh. that doesn't make any sense that it would be inside the guardrail. No, and that should have been our table, you see. Sure. And we should have moved but out you, of the way. But you weren't there. I, no. It's a, it's a weird deal. Yeah, and there were, were on the other side. So well, Mike hit. and I had some pretty good reactions there. Oh, very good. Wow. Okay. You guys have you guys have been faking it for a while. <laughs> Up on top. His finishing move is to crown him, which is a double axe handle off the top, mm-hmm. like Macho Man at WrestleMania 4. Um, but that doesn't work. He gets punched in the stomach, and 
uh, DDP is uh, making a comeback here. A minute ago, I mistakenly referred to the evil character Titus Sinclair, the Eric Bischoff character, as Macintosh. Uh-huh. I have no fucking idea why I did that. Yeah, so well, you know, who remembers? Oh, that was my cameo right there, I think. My there, face. There's, uh, there's Tony Schiavone. Yes, sir. Ready for my close-up, Mr. DeVille. Yes, and here come the heels. Uh-huh. They're all clearing out. Um, we've got Prince Ikea, Sid, Bam Bam Bigelow. Everybody's here, and they're ready to uh, take care of business. Yeah, they are a four-post corner assault or whatever it is. I think it's a four-corner massacre. Yeah, something like that. Oh, the double diamond cutter. Well, I even called that before I even saw it, man. How about that? How about like I had been a wrestling announcer? Oh, they shoved the referee. Now we're seeing that if the promoter wants something to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So in comes Saturn, Conan, Kurt Henning. Everybody's there. Yep. They're going to save him? Nope. Oh, they put the boots to our God. savior, Mr. Jimmy King. Oh, and then they got Van Hammer in there, too. Fuck. I'd how, fuck how that whole scene of, up. How out of place is Van Hammer Oh, here? Jesus Christ. And he's got, a, he's got a skull cap on as well. What's funny is when I was watching this before, yeah. I could name everybody, and I thought, well, I mean, I think that's Van Hammer, but there's no way that's really Van Hammer. But it's really Van Hammer. That's yeah, really Van Hammer. And now they've got to push their way up front. Our, our central characters here, Scott Kahn yep. and David Arquette, need yep. to save Jimmy King, and security yep. will not let them make the save. No, security and they're begging more. God, do not let this happen. This isn't even a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. This can't happen. But there's four wrestlers on top of the four turnbuckles. It's the uh, four-post massacre. Oh, my God. Hooventude. You'll see Perry drop off. Prince Ikea and Bam Bam Bigelow. Can't see his nuts. And they all get down. Oof. And there it is. So that's over. So the King's reign is over. And Diamond Dallas Page will make the cover. Now, you see Titus Sinclair. Get in there and do your job, motherfucker. Which almost, to me, would smack what Vince would tell a referee now and then. And, but, and, then, and then this is fun. Mean Gene, who never announced like this. Right. I never did is announcing that, that uh, Diamond <laughs> yeah. Dallas Page is a new champion. The big gold belt here is not a copy of the one they used uh, on WCW television. I believe this one was actually made by Joe Marshall, and it's kind of inversed of the way the real belt was. Uh, It's got more nickel and less gold. Uh, I don't know if that was some sort of copyright thing they were concerned with or what. It had some colors in it, too, didn't it? It's a little different. Yes. And uh, we see this this ridiculous getup that uh, Sinclair has here. Did you ever see Eric Bischoff wear a jacket like that no. in real life? That's some crazy shit. That right is there. some crazy shit with the tassels. And it looks like something that was made by a Native American, not going to say Indian, by a Native American out in Cherokee, North Carolina, which would have been probably somewhere in Wyoming. Listen to that. That's your career fading. I think is what he's going to say. I've watched this movie like 10 times. Look at the, the horrible blood on his <laughs> yeah. head. Like that, could they have gotten any faker, shittier looking blood? Yeah. Uh, so let, let's talk about you know the way black. this thing kind of was set up. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the movie came out on April 11th, 2000, and the yep. day after the release on April 12th, David Arquette made his first appearance on WCW TV when he was shown uh, sitting at ringside, and then he jumped into the ring to confront Eric Bischoff and the New Blood Stable. Mm. Um, it actually opened. At number six at the box office, hmm. 
earning $5.6 million, uh, and it was considered a decent open at the time. And at the premiere that you were talking about, they held a quick little five-minute match with Vampiro and The Wall, right? I don't remember that. I remember at the premiere, uh, I remember Jeff Jarrett coming out with a guitar and bashing David Arquette over the head with it. Oh, well, there you go. There could have been a match at that time. But, but I remember that we had, <laughs> we had Jeff Jarrett's guitars in one of the agents or one of the Hollywood writers, producers office. And I had to, I don't know why I ran down with Janie Engel to this producer's office to get the guitars for Jeff Jarrett to use. So on the way home, these guys are distraught over their man losing and they absolutely hate, uh, that Jimmy King's lost. And they're even, uh, more upset that diamond Dallas page has it. And now the sewage has spilled out, but the guys admit they kind of actually like the smell. They're yes. not bothered by it, but now there's doo-doo all over the road and yeah. the firemen don't want to clean it up. The police don't want to clean it up. So I guess the firemen are there with their mops and shovels and hoses. And, uh, <laughs> here are our two central characters distraught. Their doo is all over the road and Jimmy King is no longer the champion. When all of a sudden yeah. barreling down the road and he smells something a little when he's driving in the Chevy and his shorts are feeling heavy, uh-oh. That's right. And Better Kevin Nash up. is not here, okay. but there's a jackknife happening. Yeah. And uh, it's a stupid joke. Look at this shit. Stupid Literally. joke. Shit goes everywhere as it crashes into the doo-doo truck. And it's a toilet paper truck. The toilet paper was all in the truck, but it doesn't come out wrapped in the original packaging. No, just loose rolls. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Half-used rolls are flying everywhere. Is this a metaphor for WCW in 2000? No, you know what? Yeah, it could be that we were just nothing but shit, and we would forget to wrap up the toilet paper. And you paper. thought Vince Russo was coming to town October yeah. of 99, and it was just toilet paper. Well, I think it is just a slap in the face of wrestling fans. They'll love it. It's wrestling. It can be as ridiculous and stupid, and we cannot put any more thought into it. Uh, the director of this movie and myself... Uh, had some words that I'll get into later. We had some very unkind words. Really? Yes, we did. That I'll get into later, so remind me as okay. we get near the end of this. Uh, so I didn't... Look, I, you know how I am. I always kind of respected the business, and I thought it was great that we would have our name on a Hollywood movie. It's a big deal. Yes, but in the same same breath, and you... Tra- you I, sure, wrestling is fun. You got to make it fun. You got to make it funny. But you don't have to shit on every wrestling fan. You don't have to do stupid things like this. To me, when you have shit and when you have farts and we have guys sticking your finger up your ass, that's just juvenile humor. Or a porn movie, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, here's the deal. A lot of wrestling is juvenile humor, so I'm okay well, with that. Well, but you, yeah, I mean, our podcast a lot of times is juvenile humor. A lot of times, hell, all the time. Okay, but... We are a podcast. We're not a major motion picture. We know where our audience is. Well, that we do. Okay. So. Well, you know, I don't know that they really knew who their audience was. We should talk about the fact that um, this started off, like we said, maybe sort of decent. But then it did. It fell off a cliff. And and in the end, uh, it's been reported that the movie had a budget of around $24 And it makes $12.5 at the box office. Now, maybe with everything since, you know, they've, you know, the international releases, the DVDs, the Blu-rays, the downloads, the licensing, 
you know, the plays on TV. Maybe they've been able to get there. But this was not a huge financial success, right, Tony? Well, no, it wasn't. And I got to think, if this budget for this movie is $24 million, what did most of it go to? Actors? I mean, look. That shit costs money, I guess. Well, and I guess renting the Olympic Auditorium uh, costs money as well, but... You know, Jesus Christ. And now the scene, I, I've seen this so much, I know. It's the nuns. It's the farting nuns. So the nuns pull over on the side yeah. of the road mm-hmm. to help our heroes who now found themselves without a ride. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the police wouldn't give them a lift somewhere, but they left them stranded. Mm-hmm. So they're hitchhiking. Scott Conn's upset because that doo-doo truck is all he had to remember his dad by. Uh, he kind of grew up in the doo-doo business. And uh, Arquette is in trouble because he was supposed to be home at 11 p.m. <laughs> so he could take his cop exam test right now. Uh, that did not happen. Instead, the nuns pull over and pick up the hitchhikers, and they hop in the back of this van that's been completely paneled in wood on the inside. And now they're singing uh, hymn, hymns and such. Yeah. When David Arquette asks, does anyone know Van Halen? And eventually, of course, one of the nuns admits that she does indeed know Running with the Devil. Mm, of course. So all, everybody's singing Running with the Devil, which I guess is supposed to be funny because they're nuns, but this feels like a miss to me. Tony. It is. It's, look, a lot of these, it, it, was a miss just, it was a miss just like the toilet paper truck falling into the shit truck. It's just, it's, look, it's stupid humor. Not juvenile humor, stupid humor. You know, you can be a little bit more clever than that and, and then writing and, and writing a script and coming up with stuff than this, you know, now running with the devil. And now they, of course, one, you know, clicks her lighter. Another one clicks her lighter. Now they all got lighters. Real question. Why do nuns have lighters? That's exactly right. I mean, I guess like candles, right? Yeah. I wonder, who was, uh, who was in charge? Who wrote this? I'd like, we need to find the writers in this and make sure they don't write anything else. So the nuns are dropping them off now. They're in Atlanta. The nuns were headed to Daytona. I guess they were headed down there for Bash at the Beach. I yeah. don't know. Um, but they're dropping the boys off in Atlanta, and there's a surge can on top of the Coca-Cola That's me, buddy. fridge, which mm-hmm. cracked me up because you were a big surge fan back in the I, day, right? Well, they had me sell surge, if, you, if you'll recall. Sure. Yeah, I was always on the counter, and it was a big Did deal. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it because it was packed with shit. And it was, it was Red Bull before the day. So they're discovering here that neither one of them were farting. The the nuns were actually farting. Yeah, right. And now we go over and we see uh, another character actor who we've seen in a million movies around this same time. And he's playing an arcade game in 2000. um, And it's based on uh, Jimmy King. Right. With the worst graphics of all time. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I mean, just really something to see. Yeah, in the in the background, I don't know that you remember this, but the freeze drink, the purple freeze drink, whatever it was, where he was sticking his finger up his ass. Yeah, it's called the Royal Freeze, and it's also <laughs> a Jimmy King drink. So there's lots of Jimmy King stuff, right? Because Jimmy King is immensely popular everywhere. Sure. Yeah. And 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 this fellow here has heard because they're of course trying to find Jimmy King to save him now that he's been kicked out of WCW. Because if you recall. When Diamond Dallas Page beat him for the belt, he announced that uh, he was out of WCW forever. Very similar to Bash at the Beach 2000, right? With Vince Russo and Hulk yeah, Hogan. Right. 
Now we're, we're going back to this kid's house so he can help him find where Jimmy the King lives. And there's these giant wrestling dolls. And of course, Jimmy the King has to butt fuck Diamond Dallas Page. It, exactly. Wouldn't that be what you would do if you had like a Tom Zink and Rey Mysterio doll? Well, have them butt fuck each other or me butt fuck the dolls? What I don't know. What are you asking here? Well, I was talking about the dolls butt fucking each other, but if you're interested in butt fucking dolls, no. we should talk through. No, that. I don't think we should. Would you try to put the doll up your no. own ass to no. get a refund or maybe return one? <laughs> I would not, but uh, I find it's uh, Britney Spears' song here. See again? Can you sing that? Do you know uh, that? I must confess, I don't need me, baby, one more time. I love it. Okay. Okay, uh, so we, we track down King, and he doesn't exactly live in a castle. Um, how'd you describe this abode? Well, this is uh, again, they're going down to Atlanta, right? So, this is this is what the South looks like to Hollywood producers. Now, I love this lady. Uh, this is Eugenia King, this is Jimmy's wife. And uh, how'd you describe the way she's presenting herself here? Well, she's gonna dig in her crotch. Is that which, Caroline Ray? It's uh, yes. Uh, she's got on ridiculous makeup. Yep. She's scratching her vagina. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says all she's got to remember Jimmy by is an itchy crotch. Mm-hmm. Did you ever know a woman like that? <laughs> no, I did not. She Her closing line, and this is something you should try, Okay, is, have you ever seen crabs up close? <laughs> and he says, no. And she says, would you like to? I feel like that could really work for you. Really? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I think you're about 30, tiers, uh, 30 years too late on that one. Okay. Uh, now they do say here. Um, I think I think the the lady that she assumes that Jimmy's with is a lady named Lois, and she <laughs> says, "And who is Lois?" And he, she says, "Lois is a whore." Lois is a whore. Yeah, hoping his diddly turns black, and he falls in the crapper. Okay, diddly. Does anyone call it a diddly? Well, I think they're looking for a PG thirteen rating here. Yeah, because they only could say fuck one time. Right, and I think there's probably a number of times you can reference. Right. Um, I mean, what what would you have preferred to say? I hope his dick falls off. Yeah, okay. yeah. Or penis diddly is like no one calls it diddly. Should she have said ding dong? Yeah, that'd have been good. Okay. Well, I'm just saying it that would have been a WCW too, right? That would have been a reference to Jim Rohr. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. See, if it, if they should have made fun of anybody, they should have made fun of Jim Hurd in this movie, not not Eric Bischoff. So they're saying that this is his son. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says he's got to see Jimmy soon or they're going to repossess his braces. And you see these yes. <laughs> comical yeah. uh, metal pieces in his mouth. Now, yeah. of course, uh, it's kind of a sad story. They're talking about the discoveries they've made about Jimmy King's real life, that he doesn't live in this big grandiose house and he has illegitimate children. And he's been divorced several times and filed bankruptcy many times. And they just don't believe it. So they continue their search. They find their way to Jimmy King's parents who argue that he could have been a doctor or at least an ambulance driver. Well, let me say who this is. The mother's Kathleen Freeman. She's phenomenal. Okay. Uh, the father, I believe, is Arquette's real father. Really? She's father, yep. Uh, and who just, uh, the, the, uh, the patriarch of the Arquette family who just recently died, or I don't know, maybe died a number of years ago. Kathleen Freeman was in many Jerry Lewis movies. Did you watch any Jerry Lewis movies? Sure. Jerry just died. She was in Disorderly Orderly. She was in The Bellboy, I believe. She was also, she was uh, in Ladies' Man. And I was such a big Jerry Lewis mark, big time, and always have been. <laughs> you were like this. 
My first time in the makeup truck, there's Kathleen Freeman sitting beside of me in the makeup truck. I love it. And I'm just slobbering all over myself. Oh, Mrs. Freeman, I watched all the, I watched Disorderly, Orderly. I watched the ladies I've just supposed to. She said, well, thank you very much, young man. That's awfully nice of you to say. And I like knew all the Jerry Lewis movies back then. I remember when Jerry Lewis went through the, the uh, car wash with you with the top down. I'm thinking, fuck. So the point is, yeah. if you want to get Tony Schiavone hot and bothered, doesn't matter how old you are, <laughs> plop that ass down in a makeup chair and it's on like <laughs> neck bone. Okay, now we find Jimmy King. In a trailer. He's stolen his parents' trailer. Right. Now, he wrote that his parents were dead. Right. Uh, And he also wrote that uh, he paid his way through college after his dad died. Right. Uh, Of course, that didn't happen. His dad's not alive, and he dropped out of high school. And now he has stolen his parents' trailer, and he's living in a trailer park. They find him passed out on a couch wearing a wig and a dress, and they don't want to admit that this is actually Jimmy King. But it is. And this is years before the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke, but there's some similarities here, is yeah. there not? Down and out at the end of his rope. His life has gone to shit. Now, here's the deal, though. This usually um, is portrayed as being what it was years after they lost their glory. Like in the movie The Wrestler, right. you know, he, was, he was over like over 20 years prior, and now he's kind of hit rock bottom. Here, though, he lost on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and a few days later, right. he's uh, penniless in right. a in a trailer park, uh, pretending to be a lady and looking for booze and pills. Piss off! <laughs> that, there were some funny things in this scene right here. Uh, wakey, wakey, hands off, stanky. Uh, when he said that, well, I almost know this stuff by verbatim here. It is it is amazing to me. That you remember so much of this. Yeah. And I do find it funny that he realizes they're fans and he wants to get rid of them once he realizes they can't give him drugs. But once they acknowledge that they have $30, mm-hmm. he agrees to do a five-minute personal appearance fee inside the trailer. <laughs> so they're welcomed in and they have five minutes with him. I guess this isn't that different than if you go pick up a t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WHW. You get five minutes with Tony Schiavone. Well, you get as long as you want because I will call you and talk to you for as long as you want. I've, I've talked to some guys 20 minutes sometimes. And so we, we'd love for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WHW and be a part of all the fun. You can pick up the... Uh Easy way, hard way, you pick shirt, hypothetically. Yes. Uh, my wife picked this out, low-key big hog, mm-hmm. damn I'm good. Damn I'm good's a favorite of Dolph Ziggler's. Yes, it is. Uh, well, one of the shirts are over there that you're really digging. I like the hot tag one. Hot tag one, Lois Rules is a good one. Uh, and, of course, everybody's favorite is... Tommy Young. I mean, that That's never the big gets, one. That never gets old. That never gets old, the way you say it. So, um, Jimmy here... Is trying to uh, put on a good face here for the boys. And he's pitching that his wife has just left him. <laughs> and his little boy's in a wheelchair. And his mommy and daddy have just passed away. And, of course, they just met his wife, who right. said that he left her. Mm-hmm. And his son's not in a wheelchair. He just has braces. And his parents are very much alive. I often thought that in the script writing detail of this, that all of a sudden... These two dumbasses became the smart ones. All of a sudden, we're intelligent. Yeah, okay. 
Well, I mean, compared to a guy who's wearing a woman's wig and a dress, right. making up bold lies, then yeah, they're the okay. smart ones. Okay. How would you describe um, Jimmy's trailer home here? Uh, this would be a. This would be probably the same trailer home used in Breaking Bad to make meth. Uh, but have you ever made meth before? No, I have not. But it looks like it would be the same because it was wide. But of course, they didn't have couches; they just had tables and laboratory equipment in there. Just, this, just I'm freestyling here, okay? This feels like something you've had happen before. No. And I will what, what, rule you. Come on, I'm gonna rule you. What the fuck? So rule the idea me. is they want, uh-huh. you know, when he's when he's giving them money to make a beer run for uh-huh. him, they want him to say, "I will find you." And I will rule you. But he just says, if you run off with my money, I will find you. <laughs> That's right. And they're begging for him to say, and I will rule you. Have you had a fan in real life make the approach and really want you to say, greatest night in the history of our sport or oh, what's yeah. in the seats? Yeah, absolutely. And do you do it like a trained circus seal? Or yes, no? I do. You do? Yeah, because I'm not a, I'm not a dickhead like Jimmy. The you should King. give him $10 and tell him to go get Lois some Jim Beam. <laughs> Ten dollars ain't gonna touch the Jim Beam bottle. Lois needs. She needs the handle, right? Yes, she does. She has the hand, bottle by the handle type thing. Okay. So uh, he's wanting them now that they've dropped the beer off. Get the fuck out of here! Uh, but they're convincing him or trying everything they can to get back into the ring, and he says he can't do that because Sinclair owns the character. So he's kind of SOL. And now he's going to expose the business here. He's going to expose the business. You don't okay. think that had been done by well, 2000? Okay. We all know it's just a show, right? Well, best show in the world. Yeah, with a lot of dancing, like, you know, like a bunch of circus. So, yeah, we're all fucking clowns. We get it. Dancing clowns. Okay? So, yeah. Sure, we've exposed the business, but I don't think any of us exposed the business by saying we're, it's a bunch of dancing clowns. You're, you're offended by this. No, I just... Is this the part you took issue with the director with? No, 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 no. That's not the part at all. Well, well, listen, let's talk about it. What was the issue with the director? Okay. Working on a movie is a long, laborious, type, boring type piece of shit. And we all had our, our own trailers. I had a little trailer to stay into, okay? I would stay there. I would get there like we'd get there. Crew call was like, Four in the morning, we'd get there at five in the morning. I would literally stay some nights till 6 p.m. and do nothing. Nothing. All day. So, I wrote in WCW Magazine about how, okay, Hollywood could be cool, but, you know, doing a movie is, can be a very boring pain in the ass. And I wrote it tongue-in-cheek. Sure. You know, I said after day two, I wanted to... Uh, carve a bar of soap into a gun to escape. I remember one time my cell phone had died and I asked one of the uh, PAs, I said, I I know there's a pay phone across the way. I had to call the office. And I said, I want to go over and go to a pay phone. And she says, we can't let you off the lot. As long as you're here with us, you have to stay on this lot. If you need to borrow somebody's cell phone, we'll get, and I'm thinking, I'm being kept. <laughs> I'm in prison. I can't get out of this place. And I need to make a call. So I wrote a very fasti- funny on WCW Magazine. And Brian Robbins, who was the director, came to me in the after movie, after premiere party. And he confronted me. He said, I saw that, uh, that article that you wrote. And I'm very upset about it. I said, you what? 
He said, you said some very unkind things about us. I said, Brian, it was tongue-in-cheek. I was being funny. He said, well, I didn't like it. And he said, and if, if I were you, I'd worry more about my business, which is going down the shitter, than I would be worrying about what we do in the movies. He said it to you just like that. Yep. And as he turned away, and I said, well, fuck you, is what I said. And so, and I never did like uh, Varsity Blues anyway, which was another movie that he did. So, fuck him. So, that's the words we had because he was upset because I wrote a tongue-in-cheek article about the movie business in WCW Magazine, which nobody read anyway. Here's what I like. When he said, your business is going down the shitter. Meanwhile, he made a movie here that never turned a profit. Right. And I think he's a producer now. I don't even think he directs anymore. So, If he's listening right now, do you want to let him know how you feel? Yeah. I think I already did. Well, let's do it one more time. Just one for the road. Yeah. Brian, fuck you. Okay. Thank you. People are yeah. digging that. Uh, look, I've I've looked him up, and uh, yeah, he he's done fucking nothing. So the guys here have now convinced. Let's get back on track here. They've convinced Jimmy King that he's got one more shot at taking out Titus Sinclair, and it takes a little bit of convincing. But the boys are woken the next morning with beer splattering off their faces. Mm-hmm. And they get the good news that Jimmy King's all in. So they're sneaking Jimmy King into the New York arena yes. inside a porta potty and they're <laughs> telling him what the signal will be. They're gonna give him the Iggy yeah. to let him know to jump out and attack Titus. Because as we all know in the backstage area There are porta potties. There are porta potties, right? No. Look at I mean there are lined up. Lined up porta potties. Apparently this building did not come with <laughs> with a shitter. With yeah. urinals exactly. or toilets. Yeah. Uh, which makes no fucking sense, of course. Yeah, just. But here's the highlight of the whole film. Are you ready, Tony? Uh-huh. Yes. The boys stumble across an open door, and on the inside is the Nitro Girls and their Shay. Wow. H- how is Shay all over this movie, and Kevin Nash isn't? Yeah, I, I I can't answer that. I love that you called her Shay, so I did. Her name is Che. Che, is it Che? There's Che. Fire. Yeah, fire is pretty real. You damn right she is. Okay, and she's going to rub something on herself. And there's Che, by the way. And then all of a sudden, ta-da! The ugly one comes in. Well, listen, she's not that ugly. Ask yeah, Harvey she Wein- is. She's not. A, there's nothing attractive. Harvey her. Weinstein dis- disagreed. He had to pay her a hundred grand. Did you read that recently? She was one of those girls. She, she was one of them that he settled for a hundred grand when she was like eighteen or nineteen years old. Because he wanted her to watch him take a shower. Or some such silliness. Yeah, okay. Back when they were promoting a she movie was also, 20 years ago. She was ago. also dating Marilyn Manson at the time, and he would frequent our set. Marilyn Manson was here. On the set. Wow. Yeah. How we that? had a lot of visitors on the set. Did he sacrifice any animals? He did not. He just he, just a skinny little punk without his makeup on. Yeah, he's kind of misunderstood. It was yeah. a gimmick. Well, of yeah, course Marilyn Manson is a wrestling gimmick. Of course it is. Wrestling gimmick, singing. So DDP here is wearing the belt backstage because that's what you do. And uh, Titus Sinclair is uh, talking smack about Jimmy King. DDP doesn't understand why all the kids love Jimmy King. And Titus says, well, that's because they're morons. They like who I tell them to like. And it kind of mocks, I will rule you. And, uh, of course, our hero character, I guess, Jimmy King, is uh, watching all of this from some slats, some vents inside the urinal or inside the porta potty. Yeah. And now they're filming... Uh, for Nitro, 
and we see the feed being piped into the arena. And of course the arena is not happy with the heel diamond Dallas page here. And DDP is really talking smack about the condition that Jimmy King is in, that he's not in any sort of shape at all. And he's a bum, et cetera, et cetera. And out busts Jimmy King. He's not a bum. Take it from here. Call the action, Tony. He hits him with a chair in the head. He hits him with a chair in the midsection. And he goes to Diamond Dallas Page. And the fans are going wild. And why would the cameraman drop his camera on this? Even funnier. It wasn't a chair. It's a toilet seat. Oh, a toilet seat? He's wearing out DDP with a toilet seat around his head. That's what he hit him with? A toilet seat? Yes. Jesus, I thought it was a chair. And, well, you sit on a toilet seat. You sit on a chair. And now Titus Sinclair goes for the fire extinguisher. And how did Diamond Dallas Page get blood on the bridge of the nose? I think the uh, toilet seat did it. But what I like, I love Scott <laughs> Kahn applying the slot-in head scissors arm bar. Exactly. Um, and uh, they say they're, friend, they're fans of Jimmy's. Right. So here, oh, over top of a Van Hummer. Hammer yeah. throws a... Uh, Scott Kahn over a Hummer. Yeah. David Arquette is thrown into a glass window here. By Bam and Bam DDP, Bam. who was just told Fatty made you his shithouse bitch, yeah. staggers out of the porta potty. And for some reason, he has toilet paper hanging out of his ass when he gets crowned. He does not. As Jimmy that. jumps off the top rope with a double axe handle. Billy Silverman is told to do your job, and he counts one, two, three. And he announces that Jimmy King is the new world champion. However, you know what's happening next, Tony. Yeah, I know what's happening next. Now we're going to, of course, have the cage match. It's it was- a dusty finish even <laughs> in the movies. Yes, it is. <laughs> even in the movies. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, behind him is the Disco Inferno looking. What the fuck is he wearing? It, it looks like he's about ready to work a bachelor party. Oh, my God. He, that's his Cowboys Four Angels exactly. he uh, and, outfit. He and, he and Marcus Alexander Bagwell tag teaming. Disco is not actually a male whore, although he probably knows a few in Vegas. Not male. Mm -hmm. I meant because he worked. You know what he does for all time. Love Mean Gene's reaction behind here. The facials by Mean Gene. Really good stuff. See? Ooh, see that? Good job, Gene. So they're making a challenge here. Mm -hmm. Titus, who said that Jimmy King was done forever, is now saying... Nope, I'll give you one match, and it's for the belt and $1 million, but it's in a cage match, and if you lose, you can never wrestle ever again. Yeah. And, and uh, he doesn't want to accept, no. but Scott Kahn and David Arquette accept on his behalf, and they have a pay-per-view now set for the MGM Grand in four weeks. Um, that's very wrestling-like that they use this to turn into a pay-per-view. Absolutely, they do. And now I, I just – we're going to go to a scene here where Gene Okerlund is drunk, okay? I talked to Gene about how he acts drunk. I said, Gene, how did you act drunk? Were you really drunk? He said, no, they said just to, the best way to act drunk is to not act drunk. And I said, come again? I don't know. Uh, I, I, you like Rose McGowan's bangs here? You know, I swear to you, when I watched this earlier today, I watched it with my lady friend. Yeah. And I said, look at this fucking haircut. Yes. And she said, I like it. Really? And I thought it was the most ridiculous statement ever. I questioned all my decisions in my life up to that point. It's over the eyebrows. Well, it won't get in her mouth. So we got that going. Okay. Uh, When she's dancing. Mm. 
That, she's a dancer, Tony. Okay, got it. What do you now? What about this pose here? Is this yeah. more your speed? Yeah, that's. More, I guess so. That's Could we get a picture, Dave Silva? I need you to Photoshop Tony's head <laughs> on David Arquette's body here when he's on, on all car. fours yeah. on mm-hmm. top of the hood of the car. Yeah. And Rose McGowan, Sasha, the Nitro Girl, was mm-hmm. really turned on by the idea that David Arquette stood up to Sinclair. And and she too thinks that Jimmy King is the best, as Jimmy King mm-hmm. is just chugging booze. Yeah. And they realize they're both from Wyoming because she's from Cody, just like Eric Bischoff. Oh my God! So she's a plant, right? So she is now. Oh, now here's my favorite part. I knew you were gonna like this. this Scott Kahn likes this too. Yeah, because there's Charmel. Uh, and look at Gene. Gene doing the yeah, disco there's, inferno. There's my girl Spice. Ooh, she's gonna take it off. Thank you. Looking up. So they're under this this bridge, and there's everything. And now we're going to see the Gene Okerlund. People think I'm sexy. So Gene Okerlund is asking uh, Oliver Plot, Jimmy King, do people think I'm sexy? They wanted Gene to take a bump on a table, face first. He wasn't doing that. He wouldn't do it. No. Okay. And so, so go do the Rocky thing here, right? So Jimmy King is going to uh-huh. do a couple of shots of booze here, and then. Drink a couple of raw eggs. Yeah. You ever drink raw eggs before? No, not at all. Jesus, why would I? <laughs> he didn't either. He spit it right out. He's he, he he's not a swallower. He's no. a spitter. This that see, this is funny. No goddamn way, baby. But this is stupid. They make it funny, they make it stupid, and he falls in the shitter. And they're playing jungle. Why board. exactly was the manhole cover there? I don't know. Can I tell you why manhole covers are round? Do you know Why? this? No, I never did. What's because if it was any other shape, if you turned it sideways, it would fall in. Really? That's you're shooting here, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Like think about a square, right? Yeah, okay. So if it was a square and you turned it up and kind of went diagonal, yeah. would it just fall right in? Yeah. <laughs> now if it's a circle, is that ever going to fall in? No. Okay. Okay. So the boys come snag him. Thank you, Miss Doctor Physics. You're welcome. They okay. rescue our shit covered hero. Yeah. And he's announcing that he has no shot because he got lucky. It was a sucker punch, and in real life, TDP is going to smash his ass. Right. But they're announcing they got him a trainer. He says he doesn't need a trainer. He needs a safe house, somewhere (laughs) to run, a new identity, a fast car, something. Jesus. And the boys here start to cheer him up a little bit. Do you remember what they're about to do? Yes, they're about to take him to see. Oh, before that, they're going to sing a little song oh, for they're him. Oh, they'll sing it. He's the best. Let's the, see if I can remember this song. This song is hilarious, and okay. I need you to help sing along in just okay, a minute. Okay, let me think. Uh, see, you can... Uh, so the goal here, as a reminder, is, is they're trying to win a million bucks okay. and to get the belt. Okay. The song is... Uh, oh, they're about to do the song here. Yeah. So let's see if you remember this. Maybe you can sing along. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh Jimmy King is the best wrestler. He is the bestler. Better than all the wrestler. He's got class. He's really fast. He'll rule he'll rule that ass. And look at the reaction here. <laughs> and then they ran out of <laughs> Oh God. This is real life. This is WCW in two thousand. Oh. You know, I just noticed that Scott Kahn is almost wearing like an updated version of the Michael J. Fox red vest, like from uh, <laughs> Back to the Future. Right. Now, this is maybe your favorite part it of the is. whole movie, is it, it is. not? Because my favorite part, because I was a big, years ago, back in the 60s, 
Mission Impossible fan. I loved Ed Wood. I thought Martin Landau was a great actor, and he won a, an Academy Award for Ed Wood. And now we're going to put Academy Award-winning actor Martin Landau, who has passed away recently, in this movie. And the way he sold Sal Bandini, you get this mysterious shot, and then all of a sudden he steps in and says the classic lines, Sal Bandini, want to wrestle? <laughs> And he laughs. It's just, it is a tremendous part. It's, and then, of course, he grabs Jimmy King. And this is almost like a Stu Hart, you know? Yeah. The, yeah. the, the rumor and innuendo is that this is loosely based on Stu Hart. Yeah, because he would stretch you. Yeah. You believe that to be true as well, that he's the inspiration? Well, I, yeah. The, there have been a lot of guys out there, like I'm sure like Stu Hart or old school wrestling guys who love to stretch you. A lot of folks believe that it's it's either Stu Hart or, or Luthez or a combination of right. both. Right. And um, and now, of course, they had heard the screams, and here comes the wrestling team. Apply pressure until you hear cartilage snap, or they crap in their pants. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes, sir. And then he was he smiled, stepped into my office. So now they're going to use. Uh, obviously a stuntman here but you know martin landau was absolutely Wait, you're telling me that's not martin landau doing all these moves no it's not not there but he'll hop up here in a minute it'll be martin landau so he had to do some sort of movement for this see like right there he's doing the spin and toe hold he's doing the old spin and toe hold okay and oliver platt as a reminder Mm -hmm. his stunt double is chris canyon right um Good stuff. This is my, this is my, enti- my entire favorite part of the movie. Okay, now watch him. He'll rise up. This is the precursor to the Undertaker, right? So <laughs> they think that uh, Martin Landau is dead here, right? Uh-huh. Wait, you like the way he says his name? Say his name again. Sal Bandini. Want to wrestle? <laughs> it's good. And he comes up, hits him in the nuts. Tremendous stuff. And now he does a little kip up. How many uh, nut shots are in this movie total? Mm, not as many as, not half as many as there were in one episode of Nitro down near the end. Yeah. You know, they nut shot the hell out. They nut shot us out of business. It's what they, there's another t-shirt. It is a we t-shirt. We were nut shot out of business. <laughs> it could have just been a cup. Uh, yeah. Speaking of cups. Yes. Uh, David Arquette is here to call on Sasha. She has the uh, the horrible bangs pulled out of her face. Thank God. So yeah. she looks a little better here. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you digging it now? I mean, she's no. a big star, Tony. No, she doesn't do anything for me. She does. She was in. Was she in the Sisters who were witches? Whatever it was called. Uh, I can't remember. The craft, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and she was my least favorite. And, you know, I mean, I have nothing against her. I just don't. I just thought the real Nitro girls were more beautiful than her. Well, but I don't think they're real actresses. Let me ask you this. Did you ever go? It turns mm. out they might not have even been real dancers. Did you ever <laughs> go on a date and take a girl uh, a bunch of bananas? Was that like one of your moves? No, but in hindsight, that was probably. I mean, he's it, about to close the deal here. Yeah. So I guess he thought that bananas were. Suggestive, because they're phallic-like. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, how would you describe um, 
David Arquette's shirt here. Yeah. Uh, looks like a leather or uh, holy shit. It's very shimmery. Yeah, very shimmery. Which one of the boys would have worn that, and why was it Buff Bagwell? Yeah, Buff would have worn that. Evan Courageous would have worn that, too, probably. Wait, that's not how you say his name. I'm sorry. Nothing happening. Evan Courageous would have worn that, too. And notice how Sasha has his pictures of herself. Well, I mean, what else do you need? I feel like that's what you have in your house, too. Mm. What, pictures of Lois on the wall? No, just you. Okay. And various... Mm. Okay, here we go. I think we're about to get to business. Uh, well, I she, would hope. And, and he even asked before proceeding, are you sure? Yeah. Uh, and then he flips her over. Uh, uh, she got, uh, I guess you would call that, what, what did you always call that? A deep uh, deep arm dragon yeah. twist or something Deep like arm that. dragon twist, yeah. Take me to the bedroom. She has a round bed. Right. You, you ever get busy on a round bed before? No, I never did. I never did. I've never seen a round You ever get bed. busy on a rectangle bed before? <laughs> no. Not that I can remember. So now she <laughs> says, give it to me, big boy. Okay. And it's a little racy. Yeah. Um, she looks like the wife of the uh, the man in Curious George right here with this all yellow dress. <laughs> and she's going to go ahead and uh, show off her secret weapons. Uh-huh. Give us some commentary here. Okay. Whoa, foreign objects. Whoa. And he knocks her out. Whether he, this. Yeah. Whether he got any or not remains to be seen, but the odds are. No. You don't think so? No. So He's too fucking stupid, Let man. me ask you this. Okay. Hypothetically speaking, let's say we're doing a live show in the future. Let's just say. Okay. And let's say Medusa's there. Oh. She's a surprise. Okay. And so- let's say afterwards, you guys retire back to the hotel bar, catch up on old times. Right. You bring her a bushel of bananas just to see what happens. Okay. She says, I want to show you my secret weapons. Right. She drops her top. Yeah. And I say... Foreign objects and punch her in the face? No. Is that how that goes? No. What I would really say is, I got to get out of here before your army ranger husband sneaks in behind and slits my throat. Hey, so check out this gym here. Uh, Listen... I'm a fat dude. I don't know a lot about gyms, but I know that these people could not be moving any slower. <laughs> I know. I'm like, if this is what gym, if this is what happens at the gym, I can do it. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. If this is it, the girl on the left. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Amoeba like, I got it. Okay. I can and, do that. And the guy doing some shadow boxing who looks like shit. But of course, this is really now to bring you, in Goldberg. Let me show you something. I want you to focus on this. Look in the background. Okay. Look up, look behind Jimmy King in just a minute. Okay. So Goldberg is going to sit up and start having a conversation with Jimmy King on the bench press here. Look in the background behind Jimmy. Keep yeah. paying close attention. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you don't know what I'm about to say. I have no idea, but I see that They're Gold- not getting along here. And right. Goldberg, look, look on the left. See the guy with the flat top? Yeah. Just sat down. See him? Vanilla Ice. It's John Cena. Are you serious? I'm serious. That's John Cena. That's John. Are they going to show you? That's John Cena working the background. Working the arms there. Yeah. Yeah. There, he's getting up right now. He's going to start. Turn, he's going to turn around and walk away. Yeah. You can even tell from behind just with the walk. It's John Cena. Now I know that you couldn't see him before because there he goes right there. Yeah, you can't. Top. You can't see him. It's a gimmick. He does that. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> John Cena's first foray into wrestling was an extra here for Ready to Rumble. This is before he's even in the business. Wow. Yeah. It was '99. We're talking October. Of ninety nine, how are, crazy is that? That is wild. Not even in the business. Wow, biggest star in the in the wrestling. Is that him business. standing in the background there? Yes, right on top of Scott Conn's head. Yes. Well, good for John. The biggest star in the fucking business or in the movie 
wasn't even in the movie. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. I mean, what a small world it is, yeah, right? It really is. Absolutely. So Goldberg here is uh, turning down the polite invite from our two main characters uh-huh. to please befriend Jimmy King and help him. And he just won't do it because Goldberg doesn't care about anyone or anything. Ask Bret Hart. Am I right? Exactly. Uh, so at this point, it looks like uh, Titus Sinclair has decided he needs to take care of who? What's the guy's name you like to say so much? Sal Bandini. Want to wrestle? <laughs> so Sid Vicious is going to break in here Ugh. with Perry Saturn. Yeah. Uh, and here's what I found interesting. Perry Saturn is a hero. I don't know that you know that, but Perry Saturn has like saved people from a rape. And oh, stuff. I, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, yeah, legit so hero. But now he's he's doing B and E's here. Well, yeah, I know he is, but it's a movie. Okay, it's, I get okay, it. Okay. I'm just saying it's against this character. It's my, maybe not for Sid, but here's what here's why I know it's it's a movie and it's not real. Because if Sid's going to break in your room, he's bringing scissors, right? <laughs> One would think he is. I mean, where is fucking scissors? Sal Bandini want to wrestle? <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! And he's beating up Sid Vicious yes. with a choke slam almost. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, Sid won't sell shit even in a movie. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) But Perry will sell, buddy. Good performer. Oh, man. Who's your daddy, bitch? Okay. Sal Bandini said, who's your daddy, bitch? And had almost a Rings of Saturn-like submission maneuver here. Yes, he said. And, of course, they find out that it's Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, Sid breaks the chair over Sal. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, now, of course, we know what's coming. Sal's going to be in the hospital. Yep. And Sal was their hope to help train Jimmy King. And it looks like all hope is lost for our heroes here. I don't know what it is about Rose. She's got to be in these solid color gimmicks. She was in the yellow. Now she's in the all pink. I, uh, my favorite part of this was the, was the Butterfinger gimmick in this one. Do you remember the Butterfinger gimmick in this one? I think we're about to see here. Okay. Uh, Watch. He's going to talk about, uh, can I have a Butterfinger too? They were going to bring Sal a Butterfinger, okay? But Jimmy wanted a Butterfinger too. Well, why wouldn't he? Well, of course. Butterfingers are delicious. But now Sal is hurt and he can't train him, but he's worried about his Butterfinger. We're missing a uh, central plot line here. Here's the central plot line. If Joey Pants is Eric Bischoff, if if Sinclair is Eric Bischoff, then Rose McGowan is Annette Yoder. Really? Yeah. So Annette Yoder here is trying to stooge off yeah. um, the boys because mm-hmm. she's been playing as if she really likes mm-hmm. David Arquette. Mm-hmm. And now David Arquette hears her on the phone with Sinclair and realizes right. that he's getting worked. That's right. That this is all a ruse. Mm-hmm. So he gets the Butterfinger. Yep. And uh, Sal is announcing that his prostate's the size of a melon, which you right. probably know something about. <laughs> he's crapping tapioca, which it, you probably know something about. And he's but like he's really good. excited about that. Yeah. He says it makes him feel young and not to worry about him. Now, so now he wants the Butterfinger, right? Right. Okay. So they're going to come in with the Butterfinger, and you just have to watch the eyes of Oliver Platt here. And it's just, he's, he's trying to teach him about, he's trying to be, get the real serious part of the movie. You know, use your inner strength, you know, use, attack the strengths. They never expect to attack the strengths. I know you got a lot of demons, but son, don't run away. They're coming full speed at you, you know, really talking to him like father to son type thing, right? 
And you think he's understanding, but here comes the fucking Butterfinger. And I watch the eyes. <laughs> I want that fucking Butterfinger, buddy. <laughs> so now we're going to find out as they walk out that he pawned off. He stole Sal Bandini's Butterfinger. Now, to me, that's okay. He's you like that. Oh, well, like he hits him around. He said, hey. You broke my butterfinger, baby. He's going to say it right here. I just thought it was was tremendous, the whole thing. And then they threw the butterfinger down the street, and he went and chased after it. So, so it's an interesting scene here because yeah. Sal's laid up in the hospital. It feels like there's no chance for him to get in shape now and, and really prepare for this title match against TDP because he doesn't have a trainer. Scott Conn taps him on the chest. That's exactly where he had hidden the butterfinger. The guys are so disappointed that he's still trying to eat this. And almost like a dog, he's going to go fetch it. Oh, God. And now Annette Yoder comes out to say that she's been stooging off with Eric. And he's had enough of her. That's right. I stuck a banana up your butt and hit you with a couple of Let me ask you this. Is the banana thing a rib? I don't know. Well, there's rumor and innuendo oh, out there about bananas. You've heard of this. Okay, so see, you you know all these rumor and innuendos. I have not paid attention to this shit for 15 years. Okay, well, okay, there's, a, there's a rumor that a performer in the business had a videotape of himself and a banana. And nobody's ever seen it, so it's just bullshit. It's not real. But it feels like when the bunch of bananas gets delivered here... It's like, oh, is this a fucking rib? Yeah, you know what? I don't. I, don't, I never thought. I mean, why else would the bananas be there? Yeah, but I never thought the writers were that sharp to do these. You know, these the ribs. In, insider deals. Like yeah, that. the insider deals. Okay. So now, of course, the boys are riding around, and everybody's a little depressed because Arquette's lost his girlfriend. Um, King doesn't have his butterfinger. The trainer's gone. And this is the um, yeah. the scene we've all been waiting for. Right. He's going home to his ex-wife, Eugenia. To, to get crabs, right? Well, I mean, he's probably already got them. Uh, and, of course, there's another nut shot. She's not happy with him at it, all. It's an addition of Monday Nitro. Is this, is this kind of the, the lowest Shivani look circa 1991? Uh, no. Lois had stopped smoking long before that. I meant like the leopard print. Oh, yeah. <laughs> leopard, nah. Nah, Lois was always kind of subtle. And whoa, what is? Oh, fuck! It was a button on a fur coat. I thought it was a blue button on a fur coat at first. Yikes! I mean, he does have uh, a blue ice pack there. That is yeah. a different definition of blue balls, isn't it? It, it really is. And of course, now she's just Tony. We haven't talked about it yet. Who on this movie had a low key big hog? Uh, that would have probably been Scott Kahn. Really? A lot of times, those small guys will fool you, like Muggsy Bogues. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you saying you've seen Muggsy Bugs junk? Oh, come on. You watch Curb Your Enthusiasm just like I did. I didn't see that scene. Will they have the urinal with Muggsy Bugs? That Muggsy Bugs had a low-key big hog? Yeah, didn't it? I didn't, I don't, I didn't see that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you, you had personal hand-to-hand combat experience? With I did Scott not Collins? at all, but I was just trying to answer your question. If I said, I don't know, some jack-off on Twitter would have said, Shivani doesn't know anything. Oh, so now Scott Kahn. Okay, Scott Kahn. Hey, so everybody tweet Scott Kahn and let him know 
that uh, Tony Schiavone said he had a low-key big honk. Okay. I mean, that would get you over with Scott, don't well, you think? I, yeah, I, I mean, the dude's pretty busy in Hollywood. You could be in another movie. He, was he on Hawaii Five-0 or something like that? I don't watch CBS. Okay. I don't right. know. I'm going to get my belt back. I'm going to win that $1 million. I'm going to pay off all my debt. See, this is, they're trying to be do the right thing by you and trying to, to give this movie some heart. How's it working for you? Nah, too late. I'm going to give that boy a damn good dentist. That was pretty funny. Uh, this RV feels like um, it's. it was also in the movie Spaceballs. <laughs> in the movie Spaceballs, and it feels like it was in Breaking Bad. Probably the same one. <laughs> uh, well, it only they're back in Wyoming. And now he gets out. And there's some parts of this movie I, I can remember. Oh, I can breathe here. Have you blocked this one out, this part out? No, I just... Watch. See, I can breathe here, something like that. What he said. Well, he's in Wyoming, which yeah. is where Bischoff likes to breathe. And uh, <laughs> there's his cop dad. Yeah. Cop dad is not happy, but he's finally run down his son, and it's time to get busy on this cop exam. Do you remember somebody in the business like this having a lot of pressure from their family to get out of the business? Do you ever have a conversation with somebody over the years who's parents really didn't approve and wanted them to go into the family business or something else instead of wrestling no but you are going to hit me with something that you know no i don't i was just asking well you know it was well known that goldberg came from a very well-to-do family right his mom was a wolfson wolfson children's hospital in jacksonville down in jacksonville his father was a doctor uh they were doing okay yeah they were doing fine so i i maybe i don't know maybe they supported the son's profession i don't know but it just seems to me that he could have done a whole lot of other things. Sure. Right. We all could have. At least I could have. I mean, you are. Yeah. Yeah, I sure right. am. All right. Now we're taking a look at uh, Gordy's room. And boy, does it suck. It's got that rustic, though, look, doesn't it? The rustic uh, Wyoming look on the inside. So Scott Kahn and uh, Jimmy King are trying to come in here uh, and convince him to drop all this cop exam business and come back with them, join them. And one of the things I enjoyed about this, it's a little thing, a little. but Jimmy King uses the word baby a lot. Yes. Right. And in wrestling, it feels like, especially, you know, a generation ago, there was lots of brothers and jacks and dudes. Yeah. And some babies, a lot of babies, especially if you're a Jimmy Hart, right? Oh, yeah. Jimmy Hart used baby. As a matter of fact, Jimmy and I still talk to each other, and he calls me baby, and I call him sweetheart. And that's, I mean, you're being real right now. Yeah, I'm being real. Yeah, that's our affection. So, terms um, each. I, you call Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Um, I call him sweetheart. He's sweetheart. Saying, hey, darling, darling, baby, sweetheart. That's just terms that we use when we talk to each other. That's just the vernacular. But see, if they wanted to do some ribbing on the square here, if they wanted to kind of do some inside stuff, you talked about bananas, and you talked about Eric Bischoff, and then they would have had him say, instead of baby, they would have had him say brother. Yeah. But they weren't that clever. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to think. And I got to know the producers of this. Uh, I don't, can't remember the names, but I got to talk to them. They were good guys, okay? The director's another story, but they were good guys. When did you know this movie was a piece of shit? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to say that it's not a piece of shit. Well, here's what I mean. It went from 5.6 million its first week 
to 2.6 in right. its second week. So after 10 days, it had about 9 million. Uh, it was number 10 in week two. Uh, it was on a lot of screens. 2,585 theaters showed right. it for an average of only $1,019. So it's a 53% drop-off. Um, by comparison, Beyond the Mat was still in theaters at this time, too. And, uh, well, it's not in the same league, of course. It's a documentary. But I just find that timeline kind of interesting. So talk me through this. Sant, uh, Satan's Siamese Twins. Yeah, everybody's got a gimmick, right? They're doing these wrestler tryouts, and there's some silliness here. Yeah, there is some silliness. They're all uh, trying to help him work, and and of course now they're in a barn. Uh, How about the Oklahoma guy? <laughs> where the wind goes sweeping down the plain, where the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. Here comes your favorite part. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. I think you're going to love this. Okay. Fireman Fred here. Yeah. This feels like an NXT character. <laughs> but up next. Okay. It's the main event. Okay. Okay. I got it out of order. Okay. This is the chewer. Okay. That, yeah. that guy's an Alabama fan. Okay. All right. Here's Kitty. Here we go. Yeah. Who is Kitty? I don't know. I'm going to throw her in my Google machine. Maybe she was one of the glow girls, maybe? No. You'll see why I say it. Look at that. Holy snakes. Right? That's Roll Tide right there. You're not kidding, it is. So who was Kitty? And okay. I'm Googling this right okay. now. Yes. Inquiring minds need to know. Mm -hmm. This is the part where you're curious. That means you have to talk. Okay. All right. So, are you ready for Vegas tomorrow? They're only a day away now from going to Vegas. And, of course, they got kids and dogs running with him. And It's very Rocky-like. Yeah. It's very. And now they're going to give him this big send-off, right? And he's, uh, it's, it's the 90s, but he's got a 1970s leisure suit on uh, and uh, doesn't know how to take all of this. But they've all now, you know, come together to wish him the best. And instead of, <laughs> you know, he's worked this hard, right? Instead of taking a, a plane or getting some sort of car to take him, they're going to drive in the old shitty uh, Winnebago again. Well, I mean, why wouldn't they? I don't know. Can I tell you something else I remember about this movie? Please do. At the premiere? Mm -hmm. You know who sat behind Lois and I at the premiere? Who's that? John Voight. Really? And his daughter, Angelina Jolie. He came to this on purpose. Yeah, that's right. When you're a member of SAG, you can go to all these premieres for free, and the actors love to go to these movies to see them. So that's what they a lot of them do. So uh, I just saw that uh, Charmel was indeed yeah. who you were talking about earlier. That yeah, was Charmel. Yeah, um, Mike Bonas, former independent worker. He okay. was also featured in the film. Now, mm -hmm. yeah. guess what? <laughs> Julia Stop. Schultz is Kitty. Okay. Let's see if she did anything else. All right. Well, now. She hasn't done anything in quite a while. Imagine that. She was in uh, um, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. Okay. Which was a big deal at the time. She was in that TV show, Pacific Blue. Of course, she had a stint in Silk, so Silk Stockings, mm. um, good Baywatch, yeah. and maybe biggest of all, Rush Hour 2. Wow. That was a good one. Mm. Uh, so, Gordy now. 
uh, is going to come to say these goodbyes. Uh, and I couldn't have done it without you. And again, another emotional moment that we've put in this movie. And then, of course, as this is going on, as he's hugging Jimmy King, okay, Scott Kahn is getting a little bit of Taco Girl's twang here. So we'll see that here in a minute. I uh, know. Yeah, he is a Taco Girl's. So Taco uh, Girl. And we're going to see Scott Kahn's ass, too. He I think. gave her a surprise. Yeah. And now she wanted to give him a surprise. So she invited him into the RV. Mm-hmm. He pulled out the jammy and killed the Pudani. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> That's what he did. Go get them. They're all cheering him on. Wait. So now they have to stop the car uh-huh. because... Uh, She's got to get out, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the original bang bus right here. Wrapped up in the NWO, WCW. Uh, I need you to truck. tweet the show if you've actually, actually ever gotten laid in a Goldberg blanket. Okay. Because this feels unlikely. Yeah. Scott Kahn, yeah. uh, I didn't realize this was the same guy as Varsity Blues. Scott Kahn was in Varsity Blues also showing his naked ass there, too. Okay. What was it about this director where he really needed Scott Kahn and Scott Kahn's bare ass? I can't answer that. You have to talk to him about it. So, and, and when you do, send him my fucking best. Uh, so here we are, MGM Grand, mm-hmm. and they're running on the, t- on the screen here. Title match, 7 p.m., Garden Arena, Royal Bash. The Royal Bash. Yes, sir. We'll start with the Nitro Girls. Now, here's what I loved. The Nitro Girls here are dancing to Old Dirty Bastards, Baby, I Got Your Money. Mm. Do you remember this song? I do not. Well, I'll tell you this. God made dirt and dirt bust your ass. (laughs) Okay. So the girls dancing here uh, leads us to Sting, who's very well lit in his crow gimmick. And there's Bischoff in his ridiculous jacket. Of course, it's not Bischoff. It's Joey Pants portraying... Uh, Titus Sinclair, which I don't know that me and you've talked about this, but Sinclair Broadcasting is actually who owns Ring of Honor. Wow. So it's kind of funny looking back at this now. Of course, at the time, Sinclair meant nothing to wrestling fans, but a lot of people are going to hear Sinclair, Sinclair, Sinclair and think of Ring of Honor. Yes. And he's going to say the word fuck here. The only time they could move, see, uh, I will kill you if you fuck this up. The only time they could use. You get one fuck in a PG 13. One fuck in a PJ 13. Okay. Would you have used that fuck right there? Well, it feels I, like Sting is the wrong person to fucking use it yeah, on. Yeah, it is. So now we see our hero uh-huh. sitting uh, alone by himself in the bathroom. How would you describe the way Scott Kahn is dressed here? Uh, he very much looks like his father here in a way. Okay. That's his father like what, dressed like a black pimp? No, his father, that's how Sonny Corleone would have dressed maybe back in the day. It looks like he is a reject from the Players Anthem Ball rap video here <laughs> that's right like he he knows the bishop don magic one listen nobody looks good in orange nobody that's orange i'm colorblind i thought that was red okay, okay no that look orange to me there's our girl again if Kathleen you're colorblind Freeman. and i'm colorblind we're double fucked on this tail <laughs> okay. so he calls it the wcw belt here and yeah. it's on the line and here's the little twist it's not just the belt and the million dollars inside a steel cage it's actually a triple cage. And right. We covered this on our Slamboree 2000 episode, which is available in the archives. Uh, because you guys had one of the more infamous angles of all time that was kind of as a result of this movie. And a lot of people blame you for David Arquette winning the world title. Oh, I knew that would come to, I knew that would come up in this fucking thing eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you want to defend that shit? Yeah, I'll defend it. Uh, I will defend it to say that when the meeting was held, and I've talked to Vince Russo about this as we're seeing the cage being lowered here now, 
I talked to Vince Russo on his uh, podcast or, or YouTube channel, whatever. He remembers me saying at the end of the meeting, did you ever think about having David Arquette going over? But here's how I remember it. The meeting adjourned, and I'm sitting there, and Vince looks at me, and Vince says, is there something you needed to tell me? I said, no, not at all. He said, you don't like the finish? I said, no, you do what you want, buddy. Because, you know, I was an ass kiss. Sure. Uh, and he said, are you thinking maybe Arquette should go over? And I said, would it hurt? Would people expect it? And he said, that's a hell of an idea. And that's how it. So I was very much in the discussion. It was his call. And he asked me what I thought. And I thought it would not be a bad idea. I know a lot of people were pissed off saying, oh, it denigrated the world title. It didn't make fuck all. We were on USA Today the next day. Courtney Cox and Kurt Russell were on our show the very next week. We got the rub we never got, and he dropped the belt back. So here's the guy who the movie was named after, of course, Michael Buffer, ready to rumble. Did you guys have to pay Michael Buffer a hefty sum, or do you think the filmmakers did? No, I'm sure he got paid a lot more than any of us. DDP's coming out to a similar version of his music, but not his actual music. Isn't that a little weird? That is weird. I don't know why they didn't use it. It's got to be some sort of licensing deal that they didn't want to pay for. They thought they'd just recreate their own or something. What do you reckon um, Michael Buffer was, was compensated here? Maybe I don't know. Us? He said, are we ready? He said, I think he's going to say here, we are ready to rumble instead of let's get ready to rumble. Oh, because that costs more? I believe so. How ridiculous. Is yeah. That? Let's see if I'm right here. I'm right here. Yeah, we are ready. We are ready to rumble instead of let's get ready to rumble. So it was that even, little difference. So the financial difference. It was let's get ready to rumble is his trademark. Sure. We are ready to rumble. Anybody can say. Yeah. So. And now I'm dressed up and I look good. Lois dressed me here, by the way. Did she really? Yeah. I, got, I still got that coat and that shirt. I wish you would have brought it. Yeah, me too. So um, let's talk a little bit about Arquette uh, winning the world title. A lot of people were critical of this, of course, and the belt was bouncing around like hot potatoes at the time. And Meltzer wrote on May 8th, everyone has their own opinion regarding Arquette getting the belt. It got a little media, but not enough to justify the excuse to do it because of all the mainstream pub they'd get. It really came across as something people using the fact that they run the company or have input to those who do using the company and its fans to kiss up to someone for a Hollywood connection for yeah. life after wrestling. Yep. It is the reality of what wrestling probably has always been, but it's more blatant now because in the old days, the final decision uh, making power rested with the promoter who at the end of the year generally wanted to make a profit with this company. While there is pressure to make a profit, it's not nearly as great as it's going to continue to exist even as a money loser. Well, wow, that was so apparent in that as I'm listening to you talk some gibberish about a fuck who doesn't know fuck all about fuck. Uh, I could tell that was Canyon there as a, as a stunt man. Now, Grandma here is showing watching Can- on TV. You can tell that's Canyon and again. she says, smack him around like a toothless crack whore. Right. That's, I, I don't know what to say to that. Well, that's juvenile writing. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. How you, do you smack around a toothless crack horn? I don't know. I've never seen one. Oh, 
lots of crazy bumps here. Yeah. It's kind of sad to know that Canyon's passed away. Yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow's passed away. Two-thirds of the Jersey trot here. And look, here's his dad, or his son, wearing a mask. Interesting Vince Russo-style booking here. Yeah. No, don't hit him, Rick. It's David Flair. <laughs> Paying you back, Dad. World's worst clothesline. Absolutely. Um, and we've seen some bad ones, have the we? visual here of this triple cage. This feels like something out of the brand-new WWE game, 2K18, doesn't it, Tony? It, it certainly does. And you know what's cool about 2K18 is it's got lots of retro characters in there. And I bet there's something you can unlock some special gimmick matches like this. It is. And I want to tell you that our show is brought to you by WWE 2K18. They're calling it the, and rightfully so, Conrad, the biggest video game franchise in WWE history. And... We can't edit. We're, we're rolling, baby. In comes David Arquette, and he's got the motorcycle. He's dressed up like a doggone state trooper, man. Uh, so he's borrowing his dad's gimmick. And you could probably make your own creator wrestler here inside the game in 2K18. If you want to be uh, Goldberg, you can be Goldberg. But if you want to be a state trooper, you could probably do that too. You can find uh, 2K18 because Seth Rollins, one of their great superstars, is on the color. And the deal with this 2K18 is you've got all sorts of career modes, creator wrestler modes. Uh, my kid loves it. It is a staple. We have to get it the day it comes out. And I say it's for her, but I enjoy playing too, Tony. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I understand that you would because wrestling video games have been around for a long time, but nothing as startling with the graphics as startling as this. It's, it's just a super video game. You can pre-order the Deluxe Edition to play four days early and get two playable versions of WWE Hall of Famer and current Raw General Manager Kurt Angle. How about that? Kurt Angle as a special character is pretty fun, and uh, it's the reason I always pre-order. I've done it every year they've done this special character deal because I hate having a game and knowing that there's people that I can't play as. So getting Kurt Angle in there is a real bonus to me. And we remind you to check out the official WWE 2K18 in-game soundtrack, personally curated by executive producer Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Available now on Apple Music, by the way. So how about that? So now we got the music, too. Man, they yeah. just keep getting better with this yeah. game. And so to learn more about WWE 2K18, head on over to WWE.2K.com. Pre-order today. Be like no one, just like we are, buddy. Man, I, uh, I'm fired up about 2K18, and I, and I really want to see if they've got some sort of silly gimmick match like this. You know, we just called War Games 2000 here on the podcast not that long ago, and we did Great American Bash in 88. So there were lots of uh, Triple Cage episodes, and yet here is another one. Um, and, of course, we did the Slamboree one, too. So I guess, man, we may have, we may have done them all. Well, I do know they have a massive backstage area with the new rendering and all the graphics that they have, and you can do an eight-man tag, so who knows what you can do there. Video they, games have come a long way. Oh, my gosh. They're staying in the top of the arena, and, of course, the guys here, Jimmy King and DDP, have climbed to the top of the cage, and, uh, oh, what a bump. Yep. And there's Right a off bump. the top of the cage to the second cage. There he goes. And, of course, famously, when you guys did this at Slamboree 2000, Canyon takes the big bump off the top on the ramp. Exactly. And now Sting gets involved, 
and DDP's stuntman takes a bump. All the way down to the bottom cage, and uh, Sinclair is not happy with Sting. And there you are. Yeah, looking on up. On the big screen again. How about there? They're saying, look up here. And Sting's telling the, the, our main characters here <laughs> that Jimmy King's okay by me. And they profess their love for Jimmy King as they're <laughs> dressed like idiots. And, <laughs> Great reaction uh, by Sting. They have a little bit of a moment. Hey, we're men, and we're not afraid to say we love other men, and we love you. And Sting knocks them out, as yeah. well he should. Yeah, you're not kidding. So now they're trying to climb on either side of the cage to get up and get the belt. You know what the, also this signifies? What's that? We're getting near the end of this shit movie. Uh, yes, it does. Yes, now, okay. I, I should say, too, although I didn't like the triple cage as a match, yep. uh, it does look cool in a movie. Yes, it does. And I could get why you guys wanted to do a triple cage match you know, to kind of hype up the movie. That makes sense to me. But the actual match feels dangerous and unnecessary. But when you can do lots of edits and stuff as you can in a movie, this makes total sense. Sure does. The bump that Diamond Dallas t- Page takes through the cages. Uh, Wouldn't was, that be some shit? Yeah, I, I watched him do this many times, do many takes uh, with the stuntman. And they had a different stuntman do these bumps. And it was a stuntman that was hooked onto a cable. And he actually went bam, bam, bam through him. And they shot it from different angles and did it many times. I thought it was the really way cool. you were starting that, that he, there was actually a guy who took the bump for real. I was like, that's the most ridiculous no, thing I've ever No, they, they, he was on a cable. So here comes the bump we're yeah. talking about. It's the big body slam right. uh, from Jimmy King, which, of course, is Canyon. And here's DDP. And who's DDP stuntman? Do you recall? No, I don't, I don't know who it was here, but right there. He falls through all three cages, right. lands on the mat, splat. You know, if you thought uh, Mankind getting choke slammed at King of the Ring through the cage mm. and Helen Cell to the mat was bad, imagine yep. doing it through three levels. Yeah. Uh, pretty ridiculous. And then, of course, prime for the picking, there is the world title. And one of the things I found that was weird about this movie, uh, and I guess it's a pet peeve of mine, is they constantly refer to it as the WCW. Didn't you yeah. hate that? Yeah, I did. It's not the WCW. It's WCW. It's WCW, exactly. The WWF is a thing because of Federation. Right. But the champ- World Championship Wrestling, that's stupid. Yeah, I know. It, it, I've often felt that way and often felt that we should have corrected everybody on every turn. We never did. We let it go. Yeah. So, But, you know, for all the things that went wrong in this movie and all the silliness that was, the... The cage match right there, again, had some pretty good moments. Shot very, very well, I thought. Uh, and they did a good job with this. Okay, and now... It's worth mentioning, Sinclair. you know, we, we beat up on David Arquette and the booking decision for him to win the belt. And there's Canyon. He donated all the money he made from wrestling to the families of Owen Hart, Brian Pillman, and to Darren Drozdoff. So, yeah. you know, you can say what you want about David Arquette winning the belt, but... Uh, but he was a better steward with that opportunity than a lot of other people. Look, were. I'm never going to say anything bad about David Arquette because, yes, I was involved in him winning the world title in a way, but also because David Arquette is a great guy. He is a, a nice young man. He was so nice to me. He was nice to Lois. Lois was the first movie star Lois ever met. Just a nice young man. I always have a, a place in my heart for him. Oh, and there is Tigress and Gene Okerlin. What do you think Arquette's legacy in the business is going to be? 
His legacy in the business? In pro wrestling. Oh, in pro wrestling. Will it always be winning the belt and being undeserving? Or do you think enough people will come to appreciate that he donated all the money? No, they never will because I didn't know about that until you just told me. Really? Yeah. But that I, means he was doing it the right way. Yeah, too. of course he was he doing was it the right way. He was not trying to say me. But Mimi. there's a lot of people out there that don't, that don't give a damn about that. They just think that it should on the big gold belt. They don't care what money he donated or how he did it. It doesn't matter to them. So there was a rumor here that, um, you know, as as he's introducing his new best friends, that he doesn't need Goldberg's help because he's got these two new best friends, his tag team partner, right, uh, and his new manager, Sugar Daddy Dawkins. <laughs> um, what do you think of, of them kind of getting into the business here at the end? It is a nice little feel good way, right, to end the movie. Yeah. It's a nice little feel-good way. Yeah. Hands up. And unfortunately, Billy Kidman is there, too. But we'll look past that. <laughs> I love you for that. Okay. And well, One of the things I wanted to ask you about is, and we see DDP limping along here and being drugged out by uh, Sid and Van Hammer. Mm-hmm. There was an idea that DDP suggested um, that the movie should end with King and himself hugging and talking about the match after it was over and telling Scott Kahn and the David Arquette characters who, like in the film itself, were not aware, boys, welcome to the business, and then inviting them in for a drink just to go ahead and kind of let them know that this is a work. Hmm. And then their minds kind of explode. Right. Did, do you think that would have been a better ending, or did you like this traditional, we're going to play it like it's a shoot? Yeah, I like this. It was fine. I didn't necessarily like Goldberg being in a convenience store with these tights on. Yeah, that's a little weird. You know? He's beating up the guy who wouldn't give the dollar dollar twenty five slushy up earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's Che again. Ooh. This time she's pulling up in a Hummer. Yeah, mm. uh, Hummers and Che seem to go hand in hand, do they not? It feels good to me, man. Well, roll title now. Okay. Uh, the guys jump into the back of the Hummer, and then who's in the back in the hot tub? <laughs> God bless America, Sal Bandini. Want to wrestle? There's Charmel. Uh, and and fire. That's fire, yes. Uh, he probably asked about that. And, of course, we see the plates uh, right there on the tag. WWKD, what would King do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is the end of Ready to Rumble. And here are some of the deleted outtakes. And I wanted to ask you about this because there's lots of funny scenes here where these guys are going through their, their lines. But there is a line in here or a scene in here where Oliver Platt is working with Macho Man. And he punches Macho Man for real right. by accident. Right. Uh, did you? Were you on set for that? Did I was you not. hear about it? I heard about it though. How did Macho Man handle it? Clearly, he, an accident. And Macho Man handled it like a professional, right here. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if you're Oliver Platt and you right. legit hit Macho Man in the yeah, face? You would right. have to be so nervous. Yeah. Anybody that knew Macho Man knew that he would never get pissed off about that. Well, but at the same time, if you don't really know him and you know he has this crazy reputation right. and he's jacked to the gills right. and you're an actor right. and you punch him in the face, yeah. it's natural to assume, oh, that's my ass. Yeah, and that's what made this that outtake so good because he was, literally, he was scared for his life right there. It didn't make the outtake, but early on when these guys go to Nitro uh, near the beginning of the movie, we see Rey Mysterio working his match. And I don't know why we didn't touch on this when it happened in the movie. He was hurt here. Right. Uh, because they made him do 
the um, pop-up Frankensteiner over and over again because right. they wanted to get shots of it from every convincible angle. And, of course, at this time, he had already been having trouble uh, with a kind of a tricky knee situation. So he re-injures it, and he winds up being out of commission for a while. Right. Um, just cost of doing business? Was, it, was anybody upset by this? Oh, of course they were. Uh, none more than him. As we show, we see a, just a series of nut shots now, and we see the different outtakes. Hey, speaking of nut shots, there's yeah. another podcast that we should mention. These slapdicks are doing a good job doing what we just did, talking all about wrestlers inside of movies. So if you enjoyed what we did, kind of breaking down the way movies and wrestling can interact, you've got some advice, don't you, Tony? That's right. Hollywood has been busted wide open, Conrad, on Squared Circle Cinema, the podcast that reviews films featuring professional wrestlers. There have been many. As you know, not all were about wrestling. Every other Monday, your host, Big Tobacco, and The Muffler discuss triumphant performances by wrestling's biggest superstars. From Rowdy Roddy Piper's Tour de Force performance in John Carpenter's classic They Live, to Kevin Nash's underrated scene-stealing performance in Magic Mike XXL and The Longest Yard. Big Tobacco and The Muffler also take suicide dive into the dark recesses of truly awful films like Santa with Muscles, starring Hulk Hogan. Oh, boy. Remember that one? I do. Yes, I do, too. Or The Condemned 2, starring Randy Orton. In addition to film, your hosts chat about the small screen in their two-part episode covering Netflix's Glow. Each episode also features discussion of the latest wrestling news, riffs on pop culture, and rentless ball busting, like what you do to me each week here on What Happened When. The Relentless Ball Busting. The next episode of Squared Circle Cinema covering Baywatch starring The Rock drops Monday, October 16th. That is Monday, October 16th. And they're going to talk about Baywatch starring The Rock. Rate, review, and subscribe to Square Circle Cinema on iTunes. Visit them at squaredcirclecinema.com. That's squaredcirclecinema.com. So, Tony, before we get into uh, this week's poll, and I'm pretty excited about this week's poll, I feel like I should tell you, uh, I had a minute to do a little bit of Googling. I threw it in my Google machine, and I found uh, Julia Schultz. Holy, whoa. And um, she was Kitty in the movie. And yeah. As as I like to say here in Alabama, roll tight on that. Roll tight on that Hitler's mustache, baby. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, okay. A little peek behind the curtain there. I guess, yeah, no curtain. So let's talk a little bit about uh, next week because I'm pretty excited about our poll options for next week. Okay. And, uh, of course, the poll is brought to you by our friends who do that phenomenal Squared Circle Cinema podcast where you can kind of see where wrestling and the movies intersect. But it's also brought to us by our friends over at WWE 2K18. Right, Tony? The biggest video game franchise in WWE history, Conrad. It's back with WWE 2K18. Featuring the cover of superstar Seth Rollins. You've probably seen it on one of their shows. And pre-order bonus Kurt Angle. WWE 218 promises to bring you closer to the ring than ever before with hard-hitting action, new game modes, and more. Pre-order the Deluxe Edition today to play four days early. That's right, four days early. Learn more about WWE 28K or 2K18 at WWE.2K.com. And they have sponsored this week's edition of what happened when check out the uh little infographic here no wrestlers were harmed during the filming of this motion picture for those of you idiots who used to stay for all the graphics i just love that in the credits 
they felt the need to tell us almost like they were animals you know like yeah, exactly like hey we didn't hurt we didn't really hurt those dogs sure and of course it was their final salvo by saying you're stupid we can't write this is another stupid silly trick from us in case brian robbins is listening you want to hit him with some advice one brian, more time he's not listening he's probably getting some nice coffee exactly all right, so let's run through what we're going to be doing for you. And we're going to do something a little different. I'm going to go ahead and give you the rundown for the rest of the month. How's that sound, Tony? That sounds good. Um, not this coming week, but the week after that. So two weeks from now, on October the 23rd, of course, that's a Monday for What Happened When? <laughs> uh, we're going to cover Halloween Havoc 1997. And we're doing that because it's the 20-year anniversary on October 26th. Halloween Havoc 97 is one of my fa- has one of my favorite matches in WCW history with Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. They had a barn burner of a match. It's the match where Mysterio was out there in kind of the purple one suit deal where he right. was wearing uh, like almost a bodysuit. It was just a phenomenal match. Um, some of the most well choreographed and executed moves I've ever seen in a wrestling match. And I'm excited to talk about it for the 20 year anniversary. How about you? I am too, uh, because Eddie was one of my favorites. Ray was a very good looking young man under the mask. And, uh, I just thought, uh, that was worth the price of admission right there. And, And you may remember we covered Halloween Havoc 1998. It was hilarious. If you'd like to go listen to it in the archives, but 97 didn't feature, and I guess we should run through this. 96 is Hogan Savage. Right. 98 was Hogan Warrior. But 97 was Hogan Piper in a steel cage. Uh, so kind of an interesting deal here. A little bit of a throwback. I want to cover it for the 20-year anniversary. So that's what you can look forward to on the 23rd. And the week after, just the day before Halloween, on October 30th, uh, we're going to cover another Halloween Havoc. Do you want to guess which one? Mm, is that the Kiss Halloween Havoc? 1995. Oh, my goodness. featured Hogan and the Giant. Uh, oh, and, my God. And monster trucks on the top. Yes. That was, yes. And uh, that was uh, yep. at Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. You want to give it to us? Yes. You're going to make them wait till the 30th. I'm going to make them wait to the third. Well, you know what it is. It's the fucking Yeti. Uh, so they kill the giant. Uh, the giant is dead. He passes away. But he comes back for the main event. Yeah. But that's not enough. Now we need the fucking Yeti. It's our single most requested thing that we've ever been asked to talk about. And we're going to give you a little trick-or-treat action the day before Halloween. So October 30th, kids. Mark your calendars. Yeah. Halloween Havoc 1995. Uh, so that's what October looks like uh, on Halloween Havoc 95. Look forward to it on October 30th, the week before for the 20th anniversary. We're going to do Halloween Havoc 1997. But next week, let's go ahead and do it. Are you ready for the poll next week? I think this is our best poll ever. Okay, I, let's go for it. Then. You ready? I'm ready. Poll topic number one, Sid in WCW. Wow. Of course, when Sid comes in very early on, he's a four horseman. And then before you know it, he's back. He's teaming with Vader. They're, they've, they've employed little people to blow up boats on <laughs> islands. Yeah, we've talked All kinds it. of silliness that yeah. we've touched on in the past. But then eventually, he gets on quite a tear and then has kind of a bad break to end his WCW career. Yes, he does. It's one of the worst injuries ever uh, that I've ever witnessed. And there's no way that you can say that one was a work. 
So we'll cover all the rumor and innuendo. We'll cover the hilarious promo about you have half the brain that I do. Or uh, you'll also see the scissor fight, yeah. the leg break, uh, the controversial match with Chris Benoit where he lost the belt, but Benoit walked out the next day after sold out. Lots of, of rumor and innuendo and controversy about Sid, but a guilty pleasure of mine. I was always a huge Sid fan, so really? I'm excited that we might actually get to cover Sid in WCW. Sid had a great look. Uh, I thought Sid uh, was just very immature at times. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt that way, especially the way he kind of behaved on the way out the first time. But we'll talk right. about all that more if he wins the poll. Poll topic number two. Are you ready, Tony? Okay. Can't get any better than Sid Vicious Justice. The man they call Vader in WCW. Uh, he debuted with a big splash very quickly. He's in the title picture. We're going to cover all the matches with Cactus Jack. We'll cover all the injuries that allegedly he did to enhancement talent. Yeah. Um, you know, the power bombs to the concrete floor on Cactus Jack. Who could forget the matches he had with Sting? Maybe one of my favorite matches of all time, Starcade 93 against the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Exactly. What an emotional moment that was in Charlotte, North Carolina. And then on the way out, you know, he has uh, an opportunity to work with Hogan and then works the outdoor uh, Great American Bash, I believe it was, or was it Bash at the Beach? I forget. Bash at the Beach. Bash at the Beach. There you go. Outdoors. He injures the shoulder. Uh, he's kind of playing hokey pokey with WCW. And then abruptly, he's gone right before nitro is a thing so just barely he misses the nitro era but he was such a big part of wcw for a long time wasn't he tony one of the great big men of all time and uh if we talk about him i'll tell you this leading into it i was legitimately scared to death of him well and you were there when paul orndorff I was right there. Took care of business. And, and we, we talked about that, but we'll go we'll, into it. We'll bring it in again. Yeah, right. And, and we'll talk about Harley Race, and there's just so much sure. yeah, so with much, Vader. Yeah. I mean, one of the most storied careers ever. So we've got two world champions here. Why not keep it going? Poll topic number three. Are you ready? Yes. Cactus Jack in WCW. Wow. Cactus Jack will cover everything he did there, including his match with Mil Mascaris, where he took a flat back bump mm. off the apron onto the concrete. Do you remember that? Yeah, and I remember all the crazy things that he did, and he and I talking about it, and I'm telling him, I'm saying, you know, you're going to pay for this one day, and sure, he obviously has. Uh, but I guess, and we're, we could talk about Cactus Jack and WCW. I'm tied to Cactus Jack. Forever. Forever, but not the Cactus Jack and WCW. But we will touch on that right, because right. it's part of the story. Right. So Cactus Jack and WCW is poll topic number three. We'll cover everything that Tony was there for. And then, of course, I know what you want to hear. The butts in the seats line. We'll get there, too. Mm. Poll topic number four. Are you ready? Yeah. How am I are, doing so far? These are great, man. Number Good four, stuff. Steve Austin in WCW. Stunning wow. Steve. Of course, he debuts here and very quickly finds himself a television champion. He was a part of the Dangerous Alliance. He was part of the Hollywood Blinds. He winds up getting himself cut from the company because he's injured in Japan. And uh, he goes to ECW and then the WWF with a bit of, his, uh, of a chip on his shoulder. And he became the hottest star of the business ever knew. There's no question about it. We, we missed the boat with that one. Missed the boat with Adam Steve at many times, and I guess he would admit to it was not the easiest guy, you know, to work with. Uh, and uh, he and I got along. Uh, I was kind of there when he and Eric Bischoff had their final salvo. 
I was on the phone that day. You were on the phone when the firing happened? I was on the phone. Or the conversation? I was on the phone with Lady Blossom that day. When you heard, well, we'll talk about it next week if he wins. So let's recap. Here's what we got going, kids. On next week, October 16th, you've got Sid in WCW, Vader in WCW, Cactus Jack in WCW, or Steve Austin in WCW. Go vote right now. By the time you're listening to this, the poll's already up, and it's only on Twitter. It's at WHW Monday. And, of course, you can follow Tony on Twitter, at TonyShivani24. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad. And we'd love to hear your feedback about this show or any other shows that you may have had a question about. And be sure to mark your calendars. Tell your friends. October 23rd, it's Halloween Havoc 1997. One of the more underrated matches in WCW history is on that undercard. Even if it doesn't, you know, tickle your fancy, go watch that match. It's worth the price of admission. And then on October 30th, the big one. The one you've wanted since the day you heard this podcast existed. We'll cover Halloween Havoc 95, the fucking Yeti. Yes. I'm fired up about that. I'm fired up about it, too, because I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait to see him buttfuck Hulk Hogan again. It's, it. it's, you know, it's part of my bucket list. Hey, let me just freestyle. Where are the Bulldogs playing on the 28th? They are playing in Florida, in Jacksonville. That's the Florida-Georgia uh, game. Hmm. I was going to say I'm having a Halloween party the Friday before, and I was going to say you should come and bring mm-hmm. Lois. That'd be awesome. But if you've got to be in Jacksonville, that's but not going to happen. I'm going to be in Jacksonville, but she can come by herself. Oh, that would be great. That'd be, that'd be I, will, I will save her a room here at the Conrad. Yeah, please do. Please do. And also find her a boyfriend, please. Oh, I can do that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, got, I know where the Cowboys for Angels website is. <laughs> so, hey, uh, when I look at my clock as we tape this, uh, we into the hours of Sunday morning, I can't help but feel like it's about that time. Thank you very much, Conrad. And I want to let everybody know that on top of the shit truck in this triple cage match, Diamond Dallas Page is going to be taking on Conrad Thompson. And both men are armed with chairs. And oh my goodness, Conrad has fallen through the top of the shit truck. And it looks like he fell through a square manhole cover. Holy shit, I'm looking down at the manhole cover and floating in the shit is Conrad Thompson. Oh, and down there with him is Rose McGowan. And down there with them is the biggest turd of all, Brian Robbins. And we're out of time. See you next week. The tape machines are rolling on what happened when Monday on the MLW Radio Network. Hello, everybody. It's Sean Mooney in the MLW Events Center. A lot going on in the MLW universe, so let's get to it. The return of Major League Wrestling is finally here. This Thursday, come out to Guilt Nightclub in Orlando for a night of great wrestling action. It's a who's who from today and tomorrow's best, including Ricochet versus Shane Strickland, MVP versus Sammy Callahan, the UFC's filthy Tom Lawler versus Olympian Jeff Cobb, Santana versus Mia Yim, 420-pound Barrington Hughes, the United Kingdom's Martin Stone, Darby Allen versus Jason Cade, and the return to the broadcast booth of our very own Tony Schiavone as he calls the action for MLW TV. Get your tickets at MLW.com right now. Meanwhile, over on the MLW Radio Network, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling is about to drop their 69th episode. And you know what that means, the return of Nathan's Wrestling Review. In the most recent Eastern Lariat episode, Striga and Dylan interviewed MLW one-shot competitor Jimmy Yuta, and this week they're back covering All Japan, Ice Ribbon, and more. On Wrestle Rap, Sparks and Kaz react to the fallout from No Mercy, 
sing the praises of Heel Enzo, and give the show back to the fans in this very special Listener's Choice episode. Out now on What Happened When, Tony Schiavone and Conrad Thompson look at a very special episode of WCW Nitro featuring Jericho versus Goldberg, The Ultimate Warrior, and the return of Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan versus Bret Hart. Also, be sure to catch Primetime with Hacksaw Jim Duggan and me, Sean Mooney, as we look at the pose down between the WWF and the WBF when superstars collided with bodybuilders and it did not go well. And don't forget, MLW hits Orlando this Thursday, October 5th. Get tickets now starting at $15 and be a part of the most anticipated show of the fall. If you can't make it out, don't worry. The show will be available as a VOD over at MLW.tv this coming weekend for just $4.99. Experience MLW this week live in Orlando. It's the return of Major League Wrestling. Now it's time to get back to your favorite MLW radio podcast. Stop.